Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Movie Dicks Podcast. I am Gabriel Chavez. And I am Paul Schendel. Today, we are joined by our friend Zeb Westrom. He is a CS engineer that works for Boeing, so a computer nerd. Say hello, Zeb. Hello, Zeb. That, that is his sense of humor. <laughs> You're going to learn that over the course of this podcast. <laughs> but today, we are defragging the 2015 cyber terrorism movie known as Black Hat. But first, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we are about to shit on and you want to avoid spoilers stop now but if you don't care about spoilers and want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad compile with us and figure out why this movie could only score a c plus plus hey paul God. can you yeah. shut off your goddamn air conditioner i keep hearing your home bro i already turned it off uh, okay well i guess i'm just hearing some sort of fucking 60 hertz hum all right that's, that's easy enough in order to get rid of i guess <clears throat> so without further ado Let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. <laughs> a furloughed convict and his American and Chinese partners hunt a high-level cybercrime network from Chicago to Los Angeles to Hong Kong to Jakarta. That's a lot of twos, by the way. You figured that they could have, like, I don't know, fucking done that a little bit better rather than just saying two, 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 two. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. They're just, they're just telling you where you want to go as a tourist after I the fact. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But Black Hat is a universal release through Legendary Entertainment and Forward Pass Productions. Legendary, you'll inevitably know for some huge tent pulls over the years. They've produced 138 titles over the years, starting in 2005 with Batman Begins. That was their first fucking like picture. It's kind of it's kind of hard to believe uh, actually after all these fucking legendary titles movies that it was only 2005 that they started. But amongst their best are Christopher Nolan's masterpieces: The Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, and Interstellar as well as Black Klansman, The Town, Zack Snyder's bizarre and flawed version of Watchmen, his film 300, the excellent Straight Outta Compton, as well as The Hangover. Among their worst are the horrifying Megan Fox, Josh Brolin movie called Jonah Hex, 10,000 BC, which might make an excellent episode, Paul. This movie is awful and we haven't done a historical <laughs> epic yet. So definitely something to keep on the back burner. But they also did Shyamalan's Lady in the Water, Seventh Son, which we've talked about that previously. That movie was so bad that they kept pushing it and they just finally had to come out with it. But they also did Pacific Rim 2 or Pacific Rim Uprising, which is just fucking mm. awful compared to the first yeah. one. <laughs> they also did the Titans duology, Clash of the Titans and whatever the Wrath of the Titans. That's the name of the other one. That all but guaranteed Sam Worthington wouldn't have a career outside yeah. of Avatar. Shout out. Fuck you, James Cameron. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> they are kind of building this uh, collection of men in leather like dresses kind of thing going on, you know? That's yeah, funny. yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but they also <laughs> produced the goddamn travesty that is the Great Wall with Matt Damon, which we've talked about also previously. It's fucking horrifying. But they they also have 55 credits in the making, including Dune this year, which is one movie that I am really excited about. And God willing, if it doesn't come out in October, I'm going to slit somebody's fucking throat. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong and the Paul Greengrass directed biopic of Jimi Hendrix, which I cannot wait for. Side note, if you get a chance, check out All Is By My Side. It's another biopic of Jimi Hendrix with Andre Benjamin playing the rock god himself. It's flawed as shit, but Benjamin is electric in it, even 
going so far as to teaching himself how to play the guitar left-handed as Jimmy did, despite being right-handed and learning to play with his teeth. It's a deeply flawed movie with an inspired performance. That's really all you need to know. It's He is the reason to fucking watch that movie. He's so goddamn good. But Forward Pass is Michael Mann's company. They did all of his movies, such as all, my all-time favorite crime movie, Heat, as well as masterpieces that are The Insider, The Misunderstood Public Enemies, and The Often Overlooked Ali with Will Smith, which is the only movie I will give Big <laughs> Willie that he ever oh, tried man. in. Yeah, I'll actually give him that one. I know wow. that I shit on Will Smith a lot, but like <laughs> his work in Ali is really good. I like that movie a lot. But oddly enough, they didn't produce Collateral, which is one of man's very best. And I didn't understand that. I was like, it's his fucking mm. movie. Like, why wouldn't he be producing it but regardless yeah they also produced martin scorsese's incredible howard hughes biopic with leo that won five oscars including kate blanchett's first oscar as best supporting actress the aviator it's an absolutely incredible movie and i can't speak highly enough about it they also produced man's overly stylized and incomprehensible movie miami vice as well as <laughs> peter berg's rather excellent movie the kingdom with jamie fox and the awful will smith drunk superhero flick known as hancock also directed by peter berg hey the Wait. first 20 minutes of that were awesome <laughs> but the rest of the two hour time limit or whatever was just okay just track. watch the first 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then give up that's yes that's, your that's what i did <laughs> hancock i mean i like i said I, I i shit on will smith a lot and i know that i just said that i was gonna give him props for ali but like <laughs> hancock is fucking terrible dude like it's a really really fucking bad movie besides the fact so quick disclaimer here i love michael mann and there's a lot i like about black hat but there is too much that i think is tired or stupid or poorly written in this movie that i can't give the man a pass as he has been steadily declining for a as a director for years that being said even this which i believe is unequivocally a bad movie is not a pile of shit in my opinion rather it's extremely lukewarm and poorly executed that by the time it's over you just think what <laughs> I'll get into this later. Moving on. There are 13 producers to blame for this mess. Once again, I won't go into all of them. Rather, I'll just mention the interesting ones. Alex Garcia is part of Legendary Pictures, but I wanted to go into his work for a minute because he produced the absolutely kick-ass horror film known as Trick or Treat with an R, people. Not an or. Trick R Treat. <laughs> this movie is dope. I can't say that enough. Everyone should check it out. That's all I'll say. If you're a fan of tongue-in-cheek horror comedies, I'd be hard-pressed to think of a more excellent example. I've been talking about this movie for years, and I'd say it's required viewing for the horror aficionados out there or anybody that just enjoys a good goddamn movie. It's not like over-the-top and hilarious like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but it's like in that sort of same line. It's definitely tongue-in-cheek and makes fun of horror movies in general, but it's also a dope film, so check it out. He also produced Jack the Giant Slayer, which nearly bankrupted a studio and that it was a stupid and bloated $200 million movie that lost $250 million worldwide. A quarter of a billion dollars, man, flushed down the fucking drain with that movie. <laughs> because they thought making a Jack and the Beanstalk movie would somehow sale, sell for some goddamn reason, but 
besides the fact john jasney is another part of legendary and he has given us some really weird movies i didn't know that had a market well he did do the excellent movie the hurricane even though it is not historically accurate at all with denzel washington where the wild things are the town the smartest dumb movie ever made known as pacific rim and straight out of compton he also did the terrible wolfgang peterson flick called poseidon with kurt russell ninja assassin observe and report with seth rogan shout out new mexico film sucker punch which is an absolutely abysmal disaster of a fucking movie dracula untold and 300 rise of an empire which is an absolute waste of time and completely forgettable i'll talk about michael mann in a minute as he also produced this movie the last producer i want to chat about is eric mcloyd this guy was a producer who had some breakout hits who has tried desperately to find the new breakout and spawn a franchise he gave us the original austin powers movie a breakout i don't think anyone could have called that that movie was going to make as much money as it did. The excellent movie Wag the Dog with Robert De Niro and the fantastic Tropic Thunder. But he also gave us two Austin Powers sequels, Showtime with De Niro and Eddie Murphy, Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is fucking horrifying. <laughs> the Cat in the Fucking Hat, which is one of the most detestable oh, movies ever made. The Dukes of Hazard. Two pirate sequels, Prince of Persia, 47 Ronin, and The Lone Ranger. Shout out New Mexico Film again. The movie that almost bankrupted two fucking studios because of its hubris. That is a fucking feat into itself. And once again, you know, I am pissed they cast a white guy in order to play a Native American, but that's a whole nother issue that I won't get into right now. (laughs) This movie stars Chris I'm Thor Hemsworth, the force of nature herself, Viola Davis, Lee Hom Wang, Wei Tang, as well as the excellent character actress Holt McCallany, John Ortiz, York Van Wagenengen, I I can't say that last name, (laughs) W-A-G-E-N-I-N-G-E-N, what is that, Wagenen, and Richie Costner. Chris Hemsworth, we all know as Thor. Shout out New Mexico Film for the first one and the first Avengers movie. And to be honest, I can say I like him, but I am not a fan in that he can't do anything but Thor. I will give him Cabin in the Woods, even though he just played a jock douche who gets killed by slamming his motorcycle into an invisible wall. And Ron Howard's excellent movie Rush, but he flounders in Snow White and the Huntsman as well as its sequel. Ron Howard's bizarre Moby Dick adaptation known as In the Heart of the Sea. Ghostbusters 2016. God damn it, man. I fucking hate that movie. The the, the jingoistic 12 strong shout out New Mexico film again. The Tarantino wannabe bad times at El Royale as well as Netflix's most watched movie ever. The formulaic and poorly executed Man on Fire reboot known as Extraction. Viola Davis is a woman I believe should not only be a household name but also be worshipped for the goddess of talent and power that she is. From her small role in Out of Sight, her small role in Traffic, to her Oscar winning performance performance finally for fences this woman is an absolute marvel she's great in far from heaven antoine fisher solaris siriana doubt it's kind of a funny story the help and the emotionally brutal masterpiece that is prisoners as well as the eleanor rigby trilogy and steve mcqueen's criminally underwatched movie widows however she is completely wasted in get rich or die trying that is the 50 cent biopic movie if you fucking remember that world trade center disturbia medea goes to jail shame on you Tyler Perry for wasting such a wonderful woman law abiding citizen night and day eat pray love trust and the visual abortion known as suicide squad fuck you David <laughs> oh. Ayer. 
Liam Wong, I have to be honest, I've only seen him in Ang Lee's brilliant movie called Lust Caution. It's on Netflix right now in its uncut NC-17 rated form, and it is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful movie. See this movie seriously. I'll wait. Go watch it right now. I'll wait. <laughs> Wei Tang, who plays Liam's sister, is also in Lust Caution. Once again, I only know her from this movie, but as a testament to her brilliance, Ang Lee auditioned over 10,000 actresses before casting Y, and I can't tell you how stunning she is in this movie. Seriously, watch this goddamn movie. Seriously, watch it. God damn it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Just watch it. Holt McElhaney is a fantastic actor, flat out. If you don't know this guy, you should. Go watch Mindhunter on Netflix. It's an incredibly detailed series from David Fincher and is like if you, it's like if you mixed Zodiac and Seven together and made 20 episodes out of it, that's Mindhunter. It's wonderful and Holt is incredible in it. He's in a lot over the years, but you might know him as the mechanic from Fight Club who chants his name was Robert Paulson after Meatloaf takes a bullet to the dome when they vandalize public <laughs> art. He was also in the excellent movie Three Kings with George Clooney Marky Mark, Ice Cube, and Spike Jones, and the underwhelming Sully from Clint Eastwood. He's a great actor, and he should be a household name, and he should be in better shit. Seriously, he's a fucking <laughs> great actor. John Ortiz is another great character actor everyone should know. He's in Silver Linings Playbook. He's excellent in Ridley Scott's classic movie, American Gangster. The underappreciated Pride and Glory, which he is absolutely incredible in, Before Night Falls with Javier Bardem, as well as one of my all-time personal favorites, Narc with Ray Liotta and Jason Patrick. Seriously, see the fucking movie this is the third time i've mentioned it on this podcast if you haven't seen narc by now fuck you for not watching it <laughs> york van wagon and wagon however you say his name is an actor from the netherlands he's from the netherlands so how the fuck do you say that i have no idea and you should know him because he's incredible in david fincher's girl with the dragon tattoo terrence malick's the new world as well as the resurrection of a bastard in which he is straight out psychotic and scary i'm not joking if you've seen this fucking movie he is dead frightening in it and it scarred me for life so when the next time i saw him when i saw him in uh girl with the dragon tattoo i was already frightened of him before he whipped his cock out and tried to rape uh everything in sight basically in that movie <laughs> <laughs> the last actor that I'll talk about is Richie Costner. You'll know him as the Chechen in The Dark Knight who says, this is why we bring dogs at the beginning of the movie. American Gangster is Russell Crowe's cousin who gives him a fucking microwave. Let me in, shout out New Mexico Film again, and Creed as Pete Sperino. He's fantastic and should get more works. Uh, just flat out, should get more work. Side note with Richie, watch Happy on Netflix. It's a show about an injured hitman who befriends his kidnapped daughter's imaginary friend who just happens to be a perky blue fly flying unicorn it's fantastic and richie is great in it as the fucking unicorn it is i can't tell you dude it's fucking amazing man it's funny it's fucked up it's shot in new york they shoot new york for new york and it, it it's really fucking good and seeing an animated blue flying unicorn around the places this guy does fucked up shit is hilarious this movie was written by a guy named morgan davis Fowl. i think that's how you say it f-o-e-h-l this is the only movie he has written he did write the pilot for the currently in pre-production reimagining of enemy at the state the will smith gene hackman movie and he did assistant edit two adam sandler movies if that means anything that he was a fucking assistant editor <laughs> Morgan, you gotta start somewhere, man. You gotta start yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I know. I know that. But Morgan, your script sucks, dude. Flat out. It's, it's, it's all right. So Michael Mann did do uncredited rewrites on the script, but that's common of man. And I think it's very evident what he contributed. This leads us to director Michael Mann. He's straight up one of my 
all-time favorites. He's been nominated for four Oscars, and our review of this movie should not keep you from watching his other work because he is a legendary director who should receive tons of praise, but it's for this reason we have to bash this movie. It's his sole work of bullshit, well, other than his Nazi horror movie with Scott Glenn called The Keep, but just holy shit, that movie is bonkers. Stay away from that at all costs. Just... (laughs) forget that that exists. From his directorial debut in 1981 with Thief starring James Caan, Manhunter, the movie Red Dragon attempted to be and failed, The Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis, Heat, The Insider, Ali, Collateral, and Public Enemies, the man has a gift for directing crime, action, and intense dialogue-driven drama flicks. I can't fault him except for the two movies mentioned earlier. Even Miami Vice, while bizarre and incomprehensible, is stunningly directed (laughs) but poorly goddamn written. The script needed to be better but I don't hate Miami Vice. Side note, man produced this amazing movie that Mario Van Peebles directed called Badass in 2003 about Mario's dad making the classic black exploitation film called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, and it's absolutely incredible. It's well-made, funny, shocking, disturbing, and powerful, and it's totally worth your time. See it. It's called Badass. And yeah, dude, it's fucking... Or it, many, have many. it has two A's in bad and it has one A in ass and five S's in ass. So bad ass. Bad ass. All right. <laughs> Check it out, man. It's actually really fucking dope. I, I can't say that enough. It's worth noting that during a Michael Mann retrospective at the Brooklyn Academy of Music in New York in February of 2016, that Mann premiered an alternative director's cut of this movie, Black Hat. He moved scenes around, added some new material, cut some other material, and had alternate footage and takes but told the same story he sat in the audience and took notes but this version has not been seen outside of that venue i'm actually kind of pissed about that because that was when i texted you paul that i got tickets to go see heat and uh the insider on 35 millimeter like on the big screen and i was super stoked yeah. about it and they had his other movies but those were really the only ones i was like dying to see was see those on the big screen yeah. but uh i i thought about it for a second going to check out black hat again because it's like yeah i've only seen it once maybe it wasn't as bad as i thought and i'm pissed that i didn't get the tickets because this would have been a perfect example you know that i could have brought up about how different that was and if it was better but you know whatever come out with that cut michael man seriously you have you have an alternate cut the only missing thing in heat is hank azaria's reaction when al pacino says she has a great ass he only stays on that. He doesn't cut back to Hank Azaria. That's the only difference, dude. And that's his director's cut. And I'm like, wow. it's a fucking three-hour movie. And you cut out <laughs> one-tenth of one shot. And, like, that's it. But, you know, uh, with, with Ali, he tinkered, he tinkered a bit. And he actually cut out three minutes of that movie. And it kind mm. of flows better in this one sequence. But, again, it's like this tiny thing. And then he did it with uh, Last of the Mohicans, too. He cut that movie into the director's cut as well. So I'm like, okay. So where's the fucking cut of Black Hat? So I can see what you <laughs> with that but anyway black hat is overly drawn out at 133 minutes and was produced for 70 million dollars it was released on January 16th, 2015 at 2,568 theaters and opened to a $3.9 million weekend. Oof. That's mm. only t- that's yeah. only $200,000 more than Gigli on roughly the same budget. That's how badly this movie did. <sighs> that's, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it opened 
It opened in 10th place at the box office that weekend behind Angelina Jolie's directed World War II film Unbroken in its fourth week, The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies in its fifth week, the travesty of a musical known as Into the Woods. If we ever want to revisit musicals, Paul, this is one of the worst for sure, where Johnny Depp plays a fucking wolf and it's just horrifying to say the least. (laughs) In its fourth week with the number seven spot, the excellent movie The Imitation Game and its eight week eight week in the number six spot the absolutely sobering movie that is selma in its fourth week in the number five spot the horrifying mess known as taken three in the number four spot in its second week the excellent movie paddington in its first week in the number three spot if you haven't seen paddington and paddington like a real soft spot for this movie don't you i'm serious dude it's what paddington yeah it's about the there, right good dude it's so good shut the fuck up and watch it so adorable you have to watch it well it's not just adorable it's legitimately a good movie and paddington 2 is a good movie dude it's fucking great like fucking watch it paul don't talk shit you dumb motherfucker just watch it All right, so continuing on, uh, the the Kevin Hart, Josh Gad bullshittery known as The Wedding Ringer in its first week was in the number two spot. And lastly, Clint Eastwood's jingoistic American Sniper is in the number one spot in its fourth week. Side note, American Sniper led this weekend with an $89 million opening weekend, while Black Hat was only $86 million below that. So that's something, I guess. (laughs) The huge gap. It was in theaters for 350 days again almost a goddamn year this is like the sixth movie that we've reviewed where it was in theaters for almost a year and went on to gross wait for it paul are you waiting yeah i'm waiting eight million dollars is all that (laughs) made it oh man that is our second lowest theatrical gross yet it added a it added $11,646,000 internationally, bringing its total box office to $19.652 million. So about $12 million more than Geely, which was our number one worst grossing movie at this point, in wide release anyway. This means Universal endured a $121 million loss for Black Hat due to advertising costs, our highest loss thus far ahead of 2019's Cats. This makes... That's a lot, dude. Like cats, like <laughs> that lost a shitload of movie money, but this lost even more. <laughs> this makes Black Hat the twentieth worst opening of all time for a movie released in more than twenty five hundred theaters, behind two thousand seven's animated horror show known as Firehouse Dog, and ahead of two thousand fourteen's Vampire Academy, which no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs> Some goddamn vampire comedy. Uh, this also makes type thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. This also makes Black Hat the 104th worst opening weekend for a movie opening over the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. Listen to that again. 104th worst opening for a movie opening on MLK weekend. That's really fucking bad. Yeah, that's pretty Above it was the 1999 Neil Jordan-directed Annette Benning Robert Downey Jr. serial killer movie vehicle known as In Dreams, which is fucking terrible, and ahead of the 1995 Talking Animal sequel, Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog. No idea what the fuck that is. I had seen the first two, but like I had no idea that this was even a thing. 
Again, it's the 104th worst movie to open on an MLK weekend. That's pretty goddamn terrible, especially in light that since it is a holiday weekend, most people catch up on Oscar bait during this time period that they didn't see during Christmas when Oscar movies expand their release dates in January. The country that avoided this movie like a computer virus was Iceland with a $3,938 weekend and a $13,468 gross. The top grossing movie of all time in Iceland was the 2008 Icelandic film called White Night Wedding, a comedy drama that, is, that made a killer $797,851 over a one-year release in seven theaters in Iceland. So, yeah. I mean... And that's basically two-thirds of the country saw that movie, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in a second because I was actually shocked. I don't know how I didn't know more stats on Iceland, but to their credit, the top movies of 12 out of the last 20 years in Iceland were all Icelandic movies. Good for them for supporting their local filmmaking business. For real, dude. To give you an idea, the top two grossing movies of all time in the world, Avengers Endgame and Avatar, made $599,000 and $718,000 respectively. And the other movie that I just mentioned, White Knight, made almost eight hundred grand. So it was pretty high up there, like 82000 above Avatar, which is a big fucking deal. I mean, come on, dude. At an average cost of 1,122.30 Icelandic krona, or ISK, as is the abbreviation, or $8.61 American in 2015, that brings total Icelandic asses and seats to 1,563.89 people saw this movie over its release. Who is total... 0.89 of a person? I don't know, dude. You know, I mean, we have Johnny Quarterslice and we have his brother, Billy Halfass, on this show every once in a while, but... <laughs> Uh, 89% of a person. I mean, I guess that's just a guy that's missing his arm maybe, or I, I don't know. Maybe he got his hand cut off by a fucking shark accident and like trying to do that pickled shark in Iceland or whatever. But you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. With a total population of 332,259 people in 2015. that That's the stat that I was talking about, Paul. I had no idea that there was only 300,000 people in Iceland. I thought it was at least that's a million. Tiny, tiny that's country. That's fucking tiny dude there's really nothing for anyone to eat there so that kind of controls the population it, they've got rocks right hot, hot. Yeah. <laughs> they do do the pickled shark and then they do uh yeah. they do that head cheese shit all the time too yeah. which you can disgusting. have puffin you can have puffin too oh dude all right so quick quick side <laughs> note here so i want more than anything in the world to one day go to greenland and go puffin hunting because there's actually like a puffin hunting like season where they have to control the puffin population but they don't allow guns in greenland to shoot the puffins so you have to have this 30 foot long stick with a net on it and when they fly over <laughs> you're supposed to swing it up hook them and knock them out Grab when they hit the yeah. ground and i was like that is awesome dude i was like i want to go do that <laughs> yeah no, that's not I, to say that i want to be cruel to, to be cruel to animals to be clear but yeah. you know i mean it, it, they oh, do yeah. need their population control yeah, they, like, they, they, awesome. they seem like a liberal country but at the same time they're kind of into whaling and puffin hunting which are these cute yep, little yep, 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 yep. birds you know, <laughs> uh, puffins are really place. cute dude i don't know if you've ever seen puffin meat but like it's it's purple and it's like this tiny little breast that they pull out yep. and supposedly it's like super gamey like deer or elk and i was like a bird 
bird that like tastes like venison. That sounds fucking incredible. Like I want to check that out. But yeah. so that means that 4.7 ten tenths of 1% of Iceland's population saw this movie. I honestly had no idea Iceland was that small. I knew it was sparse, but shit, that's sparse. <laughs> like that's really fucking sparse. Black Hat has an unimpressive 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a lukewarm 51% on Metacritic, and a splatty 32% on Rotten Tomatoes with an even lower 24% audience score. Somehow this movie has a lower audience score than Cats, Paul. Like, what the motherfuck? <laughs> 14 points below Cats sits this. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. This movie ranks highest amongst males aged less than 18 with a 6.6 out of 10. Who could have thought? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And and lowest amongst females aged less than 18 with a 4.0 out of 10, which I was not expecting because it's got Chris Hemsworth in it. Yeah, I I don't know how he stacks up for prepubescent girls, but I'd rather not know that information, to be honest with you. So moving on. This week, it simply does not compute that somehow 1,646 people have rated this a perfect goddamn 10 on IMDb. I don't know how that's possible. My favorite reviews begin with Nicholas Bell from IonCinema.com. Nick scribes, a return to visual form for the aesthetically inclined auteur, but the film is littered with schlocky convenience, instances of miscasting despite committed performances, and worst of all, it's uniformly dull. Original score, 2.5 out of 5 stars. Jeff Pavair of Globe and Mail delineates, about as thrilling and current as a first-generation Atari game system, an exercise in sleek redundancy where words like malware and others are supposed to generate shivers of excruciating anticipation. Original score, 1.5 out of 4 stars. Lastly, Carrie Darling from the Fort Worth Star Telegram swirls, quote, a dim-witted dullard of a thriller about hacking and terrorism for profit that has one saving grace, timeliness. Being current only gets you so far when the script is techno-babbled nonsense and the acting is as wooden as the Sequoia National Forest, end quote. Oh, Original wow. score, <laughs> 1 out of 4 stars. <laughs> Lastly, Black Hat is rated R for violence and some language. So, Paul, J.R. Phillips steps up to bat. It's October 3rd, 1999, as the San Francisco Giants take on the Colorado Rockies on Coors Field in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Side note, fuck you, Denver, Colorado, for trying to claim green chili was your invention and state's pride. Your Broncos paid dearly for that bit of hubris in 2013, (laughs) you fucking large-type cunts. Fuck you. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The stands in Coors Field are more than 80% full, one of the most full yet out of all of our little pitches here, Paul. And it's absolute it's an absolutely beautiful sunday afternoon game it's the bottom of the seventh as jr steps up as felix rodriguez stands on the mound this is jr's fourth at bat for the night this day would end with the season as the rockies would ultimately win the game the 1990s saw so many ball players every goddamn corner fielder and outfielder could hit 20 home runs during the season and jr phillips was no exception to the rule jr would hit 23 home runs as a backup first baseman playing for the giants astro and Rockies, the real shit in the sandwich was what a goddamn atrocity this man was at getting those 23 home runs. Phillips held a batting average of just .188 as he steps up to the bat 
but the real seal on the shit career was that he had struck out 180 times over the course of his career, a whopping 35.6% of the time that he was at bat, he struck out. This guy was fucking horrifying. (laughs) While he doesn't hold the league strikeout record, his percentage far exceeds any other ball player in the league. So there is one guy that I will bring up at some point in a later episode that (laughs) far outweighs this strikeout record. But it's, it's actually quite striking, dude. I saw his numbers and I was like, holy goddamn shit. This isn't even possible. But in a few short minutes, Paul, this would be the end of a shit career. But could he find it in him to go out and get a hit? Not even a home run, but a goddamn hit? The answer here is an unequivocal no. (laughs) Just then, Paul, you wind up and you pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. Okay, I represent a group of uh, young gentlemen who uh, mysteriously call themselves the Hackers. And... They, they want me to do some uh, marketing for them in that they're tired of the, the hacker image being a scrawny white child in a basement <laughs> with uh, rotting four-day-old pizza in boxes <laughs> next to So we're trying to improve the image of the, the hacker class people, and uh, we have this idea for a movie. Uh, okay, uh, so, okay. So we're going to cast Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth, as the hacker guy. Okay. And, uh, he's going. He's going to be. Not only is he going to be handsome and good looking and uh, have an incredible body in this movie. He's sure, also sure. going to be tough as nails because he goes <laughs> into prison in the movie and uh, he learns how to make prison shanks and uh, use magazines for for armor and stuff like that. So nice. I, I think we're, we're we're looking at a great movie here. Great, great, great. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna take Chris Hemsworth and pair him together with our arch enemies, the the Chinese in the <laughs> hacker world, and I think it's gonna be a great script. Uh, great, 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 great. This yeah, is gonna be a PG thirteen, right? So we can get the prepubescent girls in there. Uh, mm, yeah. Well, uh, I was thinking about a hard R with some violence and uh, bad words in it. Okay. Because we got to make it real, you know. We got to make it real. Yeah. 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 But, all right. Uh, I get that. So, I get that. So, uh, how about uh, seventy million dollars here? Seventy million. <laughs> seventy million. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what? Fine. You know, Chris Hemsworth brings in a lot of money with Marvel. Nothing could go wrong here. Seventy million dollar yeah, R-rated absolutely. movie. Sure. Why not? About hackers, no big deal. We'll get this back, no problem. We'll make at yeah. least six hundred million on this movie. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna throw in a nuclear reactor explosion nice. just to spice things nice. up a little bit. That's, yeah. It's gonna be great. That's great. great. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> so, so Paul, uh, Paul and Zeb. Give me, give me your reactions, your your gut reactions when you saw this movie. Paul, had you seen this before? I uh, not no. Okay, no, all right. So give me some feedback here. What did you? What did you? Well, think? all right. It was boring, but I thought the hacking stuff was actually fairly plausible, and uh, some of it was pretty interesting. So uh, I'm gonna okay. just the hacking stuff to me as a as a nerd was kind of fun, <laughs> but of course uh, there's a lot of uh, highly unrealistic things uh, <laughs> in the movie <laughs> chris hensworth running around with guns and all, all this other nonsense right right, right right yeah so paul so give me give me your gut reaction on a scale of 10 stars what did you think <sighs> that's like a five i guess i don't know four or five yeah. yeah i feel it's really lukewarm that's that's my reaction to it too it's just like it's so middling and like yeah. whatever you're just like eh, you know, yeah it was awful. hard to it was hard to come up with any pitch for this movie. I just uh, couldn't think of an angle because it was so mm, meh. Yeah, it's yeah. meh for sure. All right, so Zeb, give me your gut reaction, dude. What did you think? All right, I made notes. 
Bring up ground beef, milk, carbonate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so I, I appreciated uh, some of the hacking CS stuff. I thought that a lot of it was actually pretty realistic and very fairly well done. I mean, so many times in movies, you see people just hammering away on the keyboard at a thousand miles an hour. You know, they've got all these fancy GUIs popping up. and That's not- hacking though, right? <laughs> yeah, that's hacking. Yep. The portrayals of hacking and the kind of stuff they did in here was actually real hacking, at least huh. as close as you can get to it in cinema. They took some liberties, obviously, because okay. you kind of have to with movies, but I, I appreciated that. Um, okay. As far as the rest of the movie was concerned, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of dull. The plot didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know who they hired to do sound editing. I'm sure you do, Gabe. Yeah, um, yeah. But that person should be fired. From <laughs> the that's, that's one of my notes, actually, is it's sound editing, and this is terrible. Um, I think a couple of the camera operators had Parkinson's, which, I mean, good for them for hiring people with disabilities, but put them somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to get to that later, too. That was, that was one of my big notes. But uh, on, a, on a gut reaction out of 10, what did you think? I would say maybe a six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So very still lukewarm, middling kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I have a lot of questions for both of you guys when it comes to the uh, the hacking. Uh, to, to give you some background, like I started in electrical engineering and I went to school with these guys at their school in New Mexico Tech for one semester. And uh, I did not do programming very well, which is why I hooked up with either Zeb or Jim in order to program the shit for me because I didn't understand what I was doing. But <laughs> it's been so long since I've done anything with CS. Like I understand very, very little of this movie but i understand the concepts of what they're doing but i don't understand the i guess the execution as well as as you guys might so i'm actually surprised that both of you said that it was like fairly accurate to be honest with you because there were quite a few moments in this movie where i was like come on like what the (laughs) fuck like really (laughs) so so paul uh let's let's jump into this right away so a hacker blowing up a nuclear substation like how accurate could this possibly be like i understand i understand like the idea behind it like you know fucking with the programmable logic devices and shutting off or speeding up like you know circulating fans in order to kill them or whatever i understand that from a little bit of my background but i'm like are nuclear substations i mean i'm sure that you don't know this right off the bat but i would feel like new nuclear substations wouldn't be connected with their vital framework and mainframes to the external internet Uh like I don't know. The, the whole the whole <laughs> like concept of attacking a nuclear substation is based on an actual hack called Stuxnet. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened when uh, the NSA put out these uh, worms on like music files just all over the internet, but mostly targeted at Iranian people. And those music files ended up on USB flash drives, which mm. the operators of this. Uh, um, which we call it a centrifuge, yeah, a uranium centrifuge plant brought in. There was no network connection of the plant to the internet, right. but they brought in their flash drives, plugged them into their computers, which allowed this worm to infiltrate infiltrate their like inner network, mm-hmm. and that attacked a particular model of PLC controller that mm-hmm. the CIA and NSA knew that was in this plant. Mm-hmm. and exploited a security vulnerability in that and 
caused basically exactly what happens in the movie to happen where their centrifuge motors were displaying the correct process and the you know normal operational information but they were actually going haywire okay so they basically destroyed this plant and with like a a centrifuge plant uh if one part goes down then it sets you back like two years or something like that because you lose (laughs) a giant amount of material oh yeah so that was uh actually something that did happen and so yeah, they're kind of yeah. alluding that that could happen and right i, I read about that <laughs> the unfortunate thing is that like plcs especially when their networks are so vulnerable like our national like electrical grid infrastructure is like <laughs> wide open to hacking attacks and <laughs> It's like it's people don't think about these kind of things or they do, but they don't want to do anything about it because it's so expensive. But then it will happen eventually. <laughs> Someone will exploit right. it. And, right. you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the pilots keeping their doors unlocked on airliners. It's like <laughs> no one, you know, whatever. No one's going to like break through that door and just like hey, right. that seems. Yeah, oh, wait, no, that did happen. And now we got right. <laughs> Well, specifically, like, I, you know, like I said, I, I feel like the big disconnect there was that this is connected to an outside network and that somebody can remotely hack into it because they do go into like the USB idea like later about like infiltrating their network that way and exploiting some sort of like yeah. a bug that's in there. But like the opening attack that sets off the movie is entirely based upon the fact that this guy sitting wherever the fuck he's sitting is able to access this plant and like destroy it in China. And I was like, yeah. uh, no, <laughs> no, they would have they would not be connected to the outside world through any kind of network interface but right, it would have to be an like internal nuclear power. nuclear power stations they need like triple reductive or triple what's the word uh Re- protection or redundancy yeah triple redundant systems and like so I, it seems really unlikely that they'd actually be able to get in there and do what happened but you know it's kind of based on a real event yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's plausible well, enough, I guess. <laughs> what so, isn't plausible is that they have the control room with a glass window looking oh, in God. at the core of the reactor. Yeah. Like, no one would fucking sit there next yeah. to the reactor no. behind a glass piece of glass. Yeah, that was the uh, problem that I had with this for sure. But, you know, I, I, I got to bring up that one of my big problems was that trying to visualize what a hack looks like and, like, zooming through network cables with visual effect, effects to show the inside of an integrated circuit and binary bits moving through an array, like, peeling off as an army of white bits turning to an impossibly small light on the side of the IC circuit yeah. is pretty fucking <laughs> stupid. Like, yeah, no, all, all ICs have little LEDs on there on their pins that light up in case they get hacked. Just I mean, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess, you know, what I'm saying is just the visualization of the bits flying around pissed me off. I was just like, uh, no. Like... <laughs> really? I, Aside from the fact that, okay, yeah, the bits don't actually light up. Again, <laughs> liberties with cinema. I actually really liked that. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I thought, because they did a really good job of representing what it actually physically looks like. Again, aside from the, you know, 
Electrons don't make things light up. But as far as the chip layout and how the bits do go through the chip in something like a cascade event like they showed, that was very accurate. That was okay, yeah. So, yeah. but what about what about all the high velocity noise that the bits are making as they're flying through the chip? <laughs> all the, yeah. the noises that they make. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, they don't <laughs> make noises actually. <laughs> Yeah, no. Okay, so I, I want to move on real quick to the uh, the control rods. Control rods don't sit in a pool of open water like that. Like they're underneath a very heavy steel megastructure. And when rods heat up, they don't explode necessarily. Like the explosion, even if it's a steam explosion, is usually more slow going than an instantaneous detonation. And I had a real fucking problem with that visualization of like that giant pool and then the water is boiling. And there's a fucking guy standing like right next to the pool too. And I was like, ah. Oh, <laughs> that's not how nuclear reactors work i'm sorry do you have a degree in nuclear engineering no no you're absolutely <laughs> correct i will preface this by uh, retracting that for a second and say i do not have a degree in nuclear engineering but what i understand about nuclear engineering <laughs> That seems like a bad idea to just have a giant open irradiated pool full of fucking nuclear rods, but whatever, besides the point. So I, 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 got, a, uh, I got a question. My biggest, or I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is my biggest problem with this movie is the idea that a super hacker would look like Chris Hemsworth <laughs> and be so built and skilled. Like maybe this is me being stereotypical about hackers, but like, come on, dude. You know, like I don't think that any hacker in the world, especially somebody worth their salt looks like chris wemsworth like his fucking hair is on point he's buff <laughs> as shit he fucking knows cqb and like kc fighting tactics and he's like proficient with weapons and i'm just like what the fuck is this dude like what the hell is going on there is a weird thing about a lot of hackers also being big second amendment proponents and yeah, damn. a lot of them own a lot of guns, so it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to have a hacker that no, also but this, likes guns. And... Liking guns is one thing, but like being trained like he is is yeah. completely different. And you know it's, what it's I mean? It's pretty funny. It's, yeah. it's pretty funny. But I mean, they make it somewhat plausible in that he's in prison and all he has to do is work out and fight people in prison. So, you know, he's kind of a gladiator hacker, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know if this is a thing that I just like attach to, but like calling the malware a rat is pretty coincidental. Like I, I know that they're referred to as like worms and shit like that, but I've never heard of rat. And maybe that's just because I'm distanced from this industry and I have no idea, but I was confused by that. And I also thought it was really coincidental for people that don't know anything about coding to have it named a rat. Geeks love acronyms. <laughs> we will spend days finding letters to match an acronym we've already decided on because we like how it sounds therefore we will go through the entire dictionary until we find the right words i guess that's a good point so paul do you do you think that the fbi would be in liaison with chinese authorities for a cyber attack i feel like this might be more of like an nsa thing you know not an fbi thing i think there would be zero communication between <laughs> The Chinese I'm government and the assuming, US government. I mean, assuming that they did. Basically, it's daily attacks going back and forth every day between the two cyber agencies yeah. of the of our of our countries here, and it seems really implausible to me that they would decide to team up. Uh, with each other for any reason just yeah i thought that was lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Seems like they so, just look, so over, was it, look past all that shit. And just so say, my okay. question is, why did they put the whole Chinese subplot in there? Was it to get some like Chinese market share? It is or... absolutely that, yeah. dude. Like, I, I, there, there's like over 250 reviews to this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and as I was reading through them, like 90% of the negative ones were talking about the like blatant pandering to the Chinese like fucking community in order to try to get that market share. I mean, but, even if it were the smart thing to do to team up there's just so much political weight behind not yeah. doing that that it seems right. impossible i don't know maybe zeb you have a, a different experience with this oh no <laughs> I, I don't care if our own nuclear plants were blowing up one after the other there's no way we'd team up with china or something like that <laughs> yeah. seems like a bit of a problem but dude i again i don't want to keep harping on this but the stupid goddamn clicking and beeping of computers downloading shit <laughs> and moving shit around I fucking hate that, man. Like, can we just stop doing that, please? It's fucking irritating. Or else we just need to reprogram all of our devices to actually make those sounds Do that? To, yeah. real to life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, uh, talk to me about this for a second. The, the hacker spiking the price of soy futures would be market-driven, right? Like, he's relying on some sort of, like, traded commodity in order to do it. It's commodities, in, commodities index. But if there were a sudden spike in soy pricing, wouldn't that be cause for the market to shut down? Because it spikes, like, 300% in a matter of seconds. I'm just like, that seems like the kind of thing that maybe, you know, the SEC would be looking at, but, yeah. you know, whatever. They, they, they usually have circuit breakers for that kind of thing to stop. Yeah, that's my point. Giant price spike or decline like that. But I don't know what the, the actual amount that would trigger something like that would be. Right. Maybe uh, it's more than 300% and I'm just out of the loop <laughs> on that kind of shit. It's 301 oh yeah. god damn it yeah smart. okay so yeah. it's accurate all right smart. great great, great. All right. <laughs> good job <laughs> so the seeing these actors squint at how serious the situation is is t is so fucking hard to convey and comes off flat that i'm sorry but like michael man this subject matter just is not interesting like he hasn't <laughs> found a way to make this interesting and like having a bunch of great actors sit around in a room and like it, <laughs> it doesn't work like i'm just like okay so somebody's yeah. squinting hard at somebody else so it just doesn't really bring across the uh the situation that well you know I, I they don't go into it immediately they wait until that stupid fucking diner scene but saying that hacker hathaway is serving 15 years like has a hacker ever been gotten a sentence like this i feel like every hacker story i've ever read about when they exploit something that's really serious they end up getting hired by the nsa or by the government <laughs> they don't like go to jail you know well, well, there's a bunch in prison uh I don't know if they could ever get, I don't think any of them gotten like a, a life sentence, but 25 years. I mean, there's a lot of it could be related to espionage, which could put you away for a long ass time. Right, right, right. right. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, there's all the ones we don't know about that are sitting in some sort of hole <laughs> where secret right, so prison. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Zeb, because like my, my other question was, is that I don't think that these guys would be in with the general population because like this is going back to the stereotypical hacker right but they would be like prison jerky right like they would be getting raped all the time in prison <laughs> and i feel like that would be a big problem for whatever prison that they're in I, I don't think that they'd be mixed in with general violent criminals but maybe i'm just you know i don't know enough about where hackers are yeah no i mean i don't know why wouldn't they if it was like uh, some kind of larceny not quite white crawler crime or a federal offense you know there's 
probably just end up in prison. General but, population. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's why he's so buff. Doesn't it make sense? Yeah. He, just, yeah. he has to fight off men in the shower rooms and <laughs> <laughs> in the yard and everything. So, so it's like that. Break. It's like that scene in the boondocks with, uh, with Tom being in prison. He's like, no, no, you didn't even wash behind your ears yet. <laughs> I'd see you wash behind your ears. You're not going to pick up Bend the over. <laughs> So, Paul, these people, everyone in this movie that's part of the principal cast is well-versed in computer forensics, but the Chinese liaison still feels the need to expositionally say the rat, the remote access tool the hacker used <laughs> while speaking to Viola Davis's FBI cyber crimes investigator. Yeah. I don't know how you uh, explain those kind of plot points otherwise. Uh... I don't know. I mean, a PowerPoint slide, you know, easily I mean? followable. Yeah. <laughs> PowerPoint, yeah. Yeah. So Chinese liaison says the code he saw in the Chow Lin reactors code was his code when he was at MIT, a gag that he and his roommate did. I get coding does have a style, but to be able to pick this out as your code, is it that possible to leave that much of a digital fingerprint like that? Because that seems like a huge fucking problem. Uh, yeah, I could pick my own code out. I would definitely recognize my own code. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Especially right. if it's something incredibly specific, then it would be pretty easy to pick it out. Mm. So, yeah, something yeah, big I worked on that was, I remember, I would notice it in a heartbeat. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Even yeah. if it was like years after the fact, like something you did in college? Yeah. 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 Okay. So how, <laughs> how coincidental is it that the liaison wrote the rat with his roommate, Chris Hemsworth at MIT, and that the hacker they are trying, that they are tracking found their rat online? This just seems like a lot of coincidence in one one fucking like ball i'm just like okay <laughs> so the movie could ha happen yeah i need that for the movie game <laughs> so so hemsworth sits there and he's like he's turning the meeting with the attorney into a negotiation right but why would the attorney think that this was going to convince someone convicted of a non-violent crime like he has 15 years and is baited with furlough like this scene is inevitable and overplayed but hemsworth doesn't have a lot he's asking for He's saying commute his sentence unless he comes up empty or toss him back. That seems pretty generous and fair to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why not deal. just why not just ask for a commutation? You know what I mean? But like they make a big deal like this is some big power play, and I'm like, this is bullshit, dude. Like <laughs> you're, you're in for a nonviolent crime, and they're throwing furlough in order for you to help them, and then you're going back inside, and I'm just like, this is a stupid scene. It was gonna happen. Like they could have. Like, this is why the movie is two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> More than two hours long yeah but the, no, they the... needed his like neo moment of telling mr smith to go fuck himself basically <laughs> yeah. yeah but dude the suit and the sunglass game by these hackers is strong man their hairstyle game is strong <laughs> I doubt that all these people would be this attractive. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, literally everybody is fucking, like, smoking, coming out of jail. Even Chris <laughs> Hemsworth, they say that he's been in for, like, three years at that point, and he's got, like, some time left. But he comes out in, like, the most stylish, like, cut, oh, tailored yeah. suit yeah. and the fucking slick glasses, and his hair is, like, perfectly kempt. And I'm like, if you're in jail, 
the two things you get is you either get fat or you get ripped. Okay, so he got <laughs> ripped. But the number one thing that doesn't change is that your hair is for shit. You don't come out of prison with like this fucking layered haircut that somebody had to do with a razor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe some students got some sort of deal with the prison to practice <laughs> on prisoners and they got to learn haircuts and the prisoners got free haircuts. I mean, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So Viola Davis's line, this is going back to your point earlier, Zeb, but Viola, Viola Davis's line on the tarmac, quote, you plan to reunite with your friend from the moment you landed, end quote. It sounds so obviously like ADR. Like it's obvious that it's not her location sound and it's like startlingly different in its sound. <laughs> this is a problem with Michael Mann over the last two movies is that Miami Vice and this movie suffered from bad sound editing, like significantly. Yeah. And well, it surprised me much like on set sound as it can but yeah 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 for sure you're blowing shit up or you're standing next to a jet aircraft maybe it's hard to record sound and so then you have to go back and do (laughs) ATR like yeah we tried to save it but we're gonna have to go back to the studio and record some shit if you're gonna do something so radically different you should do the whole scene that way it doesn't stick out like that that's my point is so it doesn't stick out that much because there wasn't anything that they were saving necessarily because you brought that up Paul in, uh, in Heat, I'm sure you guys know this, but in Heat, the downtown shootout scene, all that sound in the downtown shootout scene is location sound. Michael Mann, he wanted to like, he was going into the sound designing process of that movie. And no matter what the sound designers came up with, it wasn't as good or as realistic as the sound that he had on set. And he was like, he was doing this interview where he was saying that the, you, the, the reflections off of the buildings of the guns going off is something that you could never replicate in post. Yeah. And that's all on location sound in that fucking scene and it's dope you know it's yeah, like no, absolutely it's awesome. incredible because of that seems just part of the problems that come about from his run and gun style of filming and i bet he has a pretty reduced kind of smallish crew and maybe, maybe yeah. the boom operator fucked up and his elbow got bumped <laughs> by the camera guy and they just lost her line there i don't know maybe Maybe he passed out from the boring dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, no joke. No joke. I've seen a boom operator fall asleep while he was holding the boom and he hit the actress in the fucking skull with the mic. And that was like, that was pretty good. When I saw that happen, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) So I was like, I was sitting behind the dolly and I'm like looking out of the top of my eyes at this happening. And then I just see the boom mic come in and like it just full on like, like that on the top of this woman's head. And I was like, oh my God. Look at the boom operator operator he's like oh (laughs) he got fired two days later by the way so well (laughs) seems like one thing you could fire a boom operator for Yeah. yeah absolutely so Viola Davis says they're on the jet and she says she's upset to see Hemsworth on a computer and how he needed G- DOJ approval, et cetera, before and after their TIFF, blah, 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 blah. So she's saying like, you can't have that computer without DOJ approval. And after their, te- their TIFF, Dr. Chen's sister, Lien, who he falls in love with, apologizes for her brother, but Davis still lets him have the computer. Like she just apologizes and Davis turns around and sits down. And I'm like, yep. what was the point of the TIFF if she was going to go and sit back down after just an apology like that doesn't make any sense to me yeah no it's, it's pretty funny how how he's supposed to be this criminal mastermind and just they have all these security measures that they're going to do and then he, they just let him run wild throughout the whole movie <laughs> I know. Like, i'm, I'm going to get oh, to that several times got an ankle bracelet that will stop him 
you know <laughs> i'm gonna get to that several times throughout this because that was one of the things that really pissed me off but they t- they talk to the it guy at the stock exchange and the guy reveals how secure their system is but hemsworth sees the code on the server and says that the code is compact and slick under one megabyte and he would never have noticed or picked up on it but then davis asked the it guy if he had ever had a usb drive appear on his desk so i might have believed that an it guy would pick up a random usb drive on his desk and plug it in thinking that it was his fingerprint dongle like come on man that seems like a lot i feel like every time i've ever seen a fingerprint dongle especially in like the medical community or whatever it's built into the fucking laptop or the computer so that way it's not one of those like peripherals that you're just gonna plug in that could be whatever you know what i mean but like this fucking guy just finds a usb drive on his desk and plugs it in and that's the whole basis of this fucking movie (laughs) is how they get in yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just uh, they wanted to bring some music, and they're like, "Oh, music's fine." <laughs> I just downloaded it from BitTorrent. Yeah. I can see users happens. doing that because computer <laughs> users, even engineers and computer scientists, will bring in USB drives. You know, yeah. breaking the rules, but an IT guy, no, those those people are have sticks so far up their buns, they're spinning splinters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So USB is like a, it's like a disease. I mean, it's like a dirty syphilis cock in the, in the (laughs) IT world. And like, you can have a ton of fancy, you know, network security and Mm -hmm. a ton of antivirus stuff on your computer, but it all comes down to how strong the actual users are and how smart they are about security. And, you know, there's actually this, uh, I like this guy, he's on YouTube and he's presented like a bunch of stuff for DEF CON, but he's a non-technical hacker, I guess he would call himself. Uh, What's his name? His name is uh, Jason Street, spelled J-A-Y-S-O-N. But Jason Street, he He's like this guy who runs a security company, but he will infiltrate different corporate buildings for a fee, but basically he'll like sit outside the door pretending that he's on his cell phone until someone walks out and he'll just like w- turn around and walk through the straight, straight into their server rooms basically. And you know, it's, he has all these different, just like, it's almost impossible to secure a building can't be that vigilant most of the time and and it just always comes down to like the human factor which this i think this movie is good in that it kind of explores how the human factor comes into it and it's only as good as your people are not dumb right right And so, yeah, they make light of that when they hack the the bank security and they they make fun of the NSA guy for clicking on a a spear phishing attack, just that easily. uh, Yeah. So I I got a question for both of you, and I don't know if you're going to remember this specifically, but when he's in the IT room and he flips, when Chris Hemsworth sits down and he says the whole thing about the package being slick and the USB drive and whatnot, he turns the computer screen around and he starts looking through a bunch of code. But like, what is this code that we're seeing? It seems like it's a bunch of random symbols and different language characters, like all mixed in in these little like eight bit like string. Like it's a hex editor. It's a hex editor. Yeah. He's looking at like the raw opcode of the, uh, 
the program that was written on the computer. So it's basically disassembled machine language. Machine code, yeah. Yeah, machine code. Okay. And I mean, if you're that's what you do for a living you can read that i i can't really like go in and look at that without (laughs) spending a lot of time looking for something really specific but that's kind of how you have to operate to reverse engineer programs that you have to look at the actual machine so that sort of makes sense that he would be able to find that pretty quickly because he's like no he knows what he's looking for in the machine code yeah 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. It's just like it seemed like a black box technology at that exact moment, like some <laughs> trying to interpret what you know computer language looks like. But I was confused. Yeah. See, by I it. think that's the problem with this movie is it's. He, I think Michael Mann actually got a lot of real hackers. Yeah, to, he got hackers uh, on set, to consult yeah. and everything like that. So it's realistic. But then yeah. if you don't know anything about hacking, it sounds like techno babble. It looks like techno babble, and it actually makes it kind of boring unless yeah. you're actually like, oh shit, that's a. Uh, <laughs> That's an actual, actual thing. So, yeah. 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 I, this movie kind of fails to court the general audience in a big way. <laughs> All right. So they track down the disgruntled employee that left the USB drive on the IT guy's desk, and he's revealed to be a Zacatecas guy out of Texas, like part of the Zacatecas gang, and that he has priors and did time on top of having the fucking prison tattoos. But my question is, did the IT company he helped hack even have a background check? Because like it okay. seems like that would be pretty easy to find. Like you don't need to be an NCIC on NCIC servers to pull a public incarceration file i have to interject something here just because it bugs the hell out of me is when they're <laughs> tracking him down they're figuring out what who he is who the hell shaves at work who the hell takes their shirt off and shaves <laughs> in the work bathroom yeah yeah that's true that is true shave all the i did time not mark that I mean, down it's, <laughs> it's easier because the the cleaning people come at the end of the day and clean up all my hair and you know, shaving leavings. So I just, right. I do it at work. You just go buck wild and shave your pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? Wait, easier than vacuuming all that shit. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. You even do your coin purse. You bend over into the mirror so you can see it. What's the big deal? Come on. Yeah. Somebody walks out of the toilet and you're like, what are you looking at, motherfucker? It's the bath. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, sorry to divert, but that bugged yeah, me. Nah, that's no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That, but yeah, that was pretty stupid. Yeah, that's dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah. So why why would Hemsworth and Leanne be looking for a possible lead on their own without the Justice Department official? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Hemsworth, yeah. Hemsworth even rolled just... the fucking body on his own. Seems like a perfect way to, I don't know, entrap yourself as a felon with a fucking corpse. All of a sudden you're... <laughs> fucking fingerprints are all over it these people are brought in to advise but they are granted the freedom to do forensics while no one is fucking watchdogging i had a huge problem with this it's like (laughs) michael mann is like a fucking strict guy when it comes to this kind of thing he always does it accurately he is an an excellent example of this every little detail when it comes to police procedural he covers in that fucking movie but like this it's just like eh, it's not interesting enough and he fucking throws it out the window and i was just like what the fuck (laughs) is going on but uh, I'm going to move on here. So yeah. Holt, Holt McCallany or whatever rushes in to secure the scene, but he can't get through on his phone and gives a known hacker his phone <laughs> to help with the fact that his cell phone isn't getting a signal. 
And all Hemsworth does is turn on roaming in his settings, but just has enough time to update the ankle bracelet app, a fucking app to say one day updating rather than one hour. Like great coincidence here, Michael Mann. And great thing Holt's character is so fucking stupid that he's just going to like let this happen. I was like, come on, dude. That seems like a lot to swallow. They cut back to Chen and Davis and Chen says, wait, we've been looking for buyers of soy? Switch to sellers. Wasn't the whole point point of threatening Gary, the commodities trader in the previous scene so that they could find who gained a lot of money from the soy spike. Like why the fuck would they be looking for buyers that are losing money (laughs) and not sellers to begin with? It seems like such an obvious thing that I I fucking hated that moment. I was like, are you serious? Like this is the guy's uh, big contribution. It's like later in the movie when they're showing the routes where people walked. Literally, the first thing I saw was like, well, those cross. <laughs> and then I know. Hemsworth walks up and is like, look at this. Like, yeah. wouldn't that be the first thing you check? Like, nobody thought they're of that. So like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, that was pretty bad. They're so bad at their job. I know, they're terrible. But Hemsworth, Hemsworth checks out Leanne. But given, given that Dr. Chen was his roommate in college, wouldn't they have met at some point prior to this? Like, all of a sudden, this is his first exposure to his college roommate like sister even if it was like facebook or whatever like he would have seen this girl at some point but then all of a sudden this is his first exposure and he's just like fucking you know like staring at this broad i'm like well i mean they're they're from china so i mean how many foreign exchange type students families do you know that you've met in your life uh, yeah I mean, a few like two or three but not like it's a, a lot ton. of expense to go visit your your brother in boston America? When, when you're in in china so I, I, maybe maybe i can see that but leanne leanne talks with hemsworth as they wait for a contact in the restaurant right and this is one of the biggest scenes they have a problem with is that they go to the restaurant and he reveals this whole criminal history of him and why he's in jail, but reveals his long sentences because of a fight he got into college at defending a girl. Like, good thing this is such a noble cause that he went to jail for, <laughs> defending a woman's honor. Like, seems pretty good for him to be walking around with, like, such a hard dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, dude, what the yeah, fuck, man? Giddy. Seriously. Yeah. It's, and then, yeah. you know, of course, it's reductive to women and everything else. But, you know, I'm going to move past that because it's more of the concept of the thing that pisses me off. No, but- they just wanted to have him as a good character that it was believable that she could trust and fall in love with instead <laughs> of just a guy out to steal, you know, mortgage securities from right. working families or whatever the right, fuck right. he accused <laughs> can of. We, can we talk? Or just one second about the complete lack of chemistry between those two. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah, that's really important. It's, it's just not there at all. Yeah, it's like they just kind of regard each other as coworkers, or I'm more friendly with my coworkers. Right, but you know, Hemsworth and Chen somehow get beers and ordered food without ever talking about anything but his record. Like, how the fuck did the waiter know what they wanted? Like, all of this is a continuous conversation. It's one scene. There's no time cuts. There's no jump cuts. And like, he brings them beers and food, and then they just start eating. And I'm like, they didn't order. Like, he brought the menus, but like, they didn't order. They didn't say shit. They just kept talking, and all of a sudden, they have beers and food in 
front of them like that's fucking great yeah, maybe it's a chef's table type restaurant where yeah they just in bring you the Korea menu that... get the fuck out of here <laughs> it just, you've been it to shows Korea you what you're help. eating <laughs> it just shows you what you're eating and that's that's the night you know uh no it really bothered me but hemsworth says he is doing the time and the time isn't doing him he works out his body and his mind but the whole time he is mumbling and i am still not interested in this fucking story he's not even believable in this role but on top of that you know like i don't want to fault michael mann on this because he does have lines like this throughout his movies that do work but coming out of hemsworth's mouth as this character i'm like you know i mean i believe it if neil mccauley said that because neil mccauley's been in and out of jail for forever and you know like he did a lot of time in san quentin and i understand that but like this guy his first stint in prison his first time doing a lot of time and he's using these fucking michael mann hard motherfuckers in jail lines i was just like <laughs> uh <laughs> no so the scene only feeds the love story intrigue angle that she believes his ex-con status doesn't affect how smart he is but like oh gee thanks for that i'm glad that you justified this guy's <laughs> intelligence because you heard his story about being an ex-con but it's revealed that Hemsworth as Hemsworth looks around that a camera is watching them and the video is being transmitted to Ukraine so obviously the hacker is using a Ukrainian server to proxy his real location but unless he knew the camera in the restaurant could be remotely controlled to pan and tilt and that the camera was connected to the fucking internet most aren't because restaurants don't need the ability to connect their fucking cameras to the internet they just need it in case somebody breaks into the fucking place how the fuck could he have set this honey trap for them? You know, like this hacker knows a lot about <laughs> LA infrastructure. Well, and like to me, to me, it looked like a webcam. And I mean, some of those have like pan and tilt. And here's a PSA moment for you. Change your fucking passwords <laughs> on any device that you've ever connected to the internet. Because they Do all not have, use default passwords. Yeah, they all have a default password. So all the hacker had to do was look around for open cameras, and that's one that he happened to find because the owners of the restaurant didn't bother to change the password. All right, so even so barring... set up the place there because he had he had the security weakness in that particular place, so he just chose that because it had the webcam that was open. So change your fucking passwords, people. Change the password on your router. Change the password on your TV. Webcam, yeah. any fucking dumbass device that you connect to the internet that allows you to, instead of getting up to turn on your lights, <laughs> fucking change the passwords to that shit, people. <laughs> way too fucking easy. Way yeah. too. Dude, uh, this moves me into something that I have a real problem with. Like Chris Hemsworth fighting. Like, okay, I'm sorry, dude. The fights are good. I like the fights. I really do. Because Mick Gould trained them and like Mick Gould did heat and he did collateral and he trained all those people on how to move and work with weapons and close quarters combat and all that other shit because he's like a former um, SAS operative. But Hemsworth to do this shit. But like, again, Hacker goes to jail for 18 months for assault for defending a girl. Then the beef catches up with him and he gets convicted for 13 years. But he's an expert at close quarters in KC fighting <laughs> technique from being on the inside. I just didn't buy that. I'm like, he's not former street you know, a street guy or like a former organized criminal or something like that. He's an admitted nerd that did something that he was trying to be a good person. He ended up hurting somebody and he ended up in jail. He wouldn't learn this kind of technique in jail. Oh, you know what no, I mean? no. Jails have jujitsu program. <laughs> <and> like if anything, <laughs> if anything, he would programs. be fighting dirty. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he would be fighting like he was in jail. It would be quick and fucking lots of blows and like kind of sloppy, but he would get the job 
job done because that's how you fight in jail. Well, but I mean, like this kind of shit is like this kind of shit is like real. I mean, his fucking like choreography with like the three fucking guys. <laughs> but besides that, this fight scene is what my dad used to call a furniture moving scene where he picks up dining room tables and uses them as weapons. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't stick along around long enough during CS, but you missed uh, CS 213, uh, <laughs> Taijitsu, and Jackie Chan moves. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's a disappointment that I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah it know, was a fun class. <laughs> but you know, this restaurant scene, Paul, is a perfect segue into my sandwich beef for this week. Are you ready for this? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this happened to me this week, dude. As you know, Paul, I just went back to work on Monday, August 31st after five months and 19 days without work due to the pandemic, right? They test me twice a week as I am a rigger and no, cl- not close to the camera at all, but people close to camera and actors are tested three or four times a week or more, right? People may think that this is stupid or whatever, but all I know is, is that New York followed the CDC guidelines and did a hard stance on the virus. And guess what? We are the only state in recovery as of right now with less than 1% positivity testing for more than four weeks right now so go fuck yourself to anybody (laughs) out there that thinks it's full of shit but anyway so i was working at kaufman astoria studios the other day right in queens and across the street from me is a food town supermarket so it's lunch so some of my friends and i wander over to food town and wander into the deli counter we choose our breads and hand them over to the sandwich man behind the counter i get an italian hero with salami capicola ham pepperoni, oil, vinegar, etc. And I wander back to the stage to eat my sandwich. I open my sandwich up and find that it's cut in half and the meat in the center is stacked pretty full, right? It's like a, a good amount of meat in the middle. I'm stoked by this, right? So I start biting into it. I take a few bites and I'm really enjoying this sandwich. Total score for $5.99. Hard to beat in the city for that yeah. price. After the first few bites, my next bite, I am met with the meat, all of it, sliding out of my sandwich from the pressure <laughs> of my bite and landing on the disgusting carpet in the grip room that has seen God knows how many productions, feet, grease, shit, and any other amount of debauchery that grips can come up with. Obviously, I, <laughs> obviously I don't pick it up. I throw it in the trash. Five-second rule doesn't really apply in New York City, by the way. As I am looking at the meat, I realize it is stacked in the shape of a suppository, right? It's thin on the outside and thick in the middle as to appear to be a full sandwich when it is in fact a UFO shaped stack of meat in the middle of the perfect (laughs) shape to slip out of your bread if the lubrication that is mayo and oil and vinegar were to drop the friction coefficient of the bread on the meat. I quickly... I quickly open the other half of the sandwich to be greeted with the same, a lubricated UFO-shaped stack of meat. This is all to say, don't stuff my sandwich like it's the bra of a woman with small breasts trying to prove she has anything, but if I like the sandwich, or the girl for that matter, I'm gonna find this out when I was excited about it <laughs> with what was in fact a fraud, and that very little substance lies in the, at the heart of the matter. That's not comparing women to sandwiches or referring to them as meat, by the way. It's a humorous analogy as as to the significance of the problem. My first love will always be food, and then comes my wife, my dog, <laughs> my family, my friends, and then everything wow, else. Wow. <laughs> so, 
So to the deli counter man at Food Town across the street from Kaufman Astoria Studios, fuck you, dude. Don't lubricate my meat rocket in my sandwich so that it will pornographically shoot out of the bun and land in the horror show that is New York City floors and streets. Just do the right thing, you motherfucker, and cut the meats the same size and stack them like, oh, I don't know, a goddamn sandwich. <laughs> fuck you. Side note, ladies and those identifying as women, be proud of your body. All this bullshit on breast size is bullshit don't listen to the hype and don't pretend you are something you aren't be yourself you will always be the most perfect beings on earth i think all of us here can agree on that okay so let's move back to this movie <laughs> He's he's supposed to be monitored at all times by Holt uh, McAnally's uh, Marshall character, right? And I know he changed the ankle bracelet ping and all, but for Holt not to have any concept of where Hemsworth might be for at least a couple of hours seems like a huge fuck up on his part. Like <laughs> Hemsworth knows to use a public phone. Like he goes he goes to the fucking place, has this whole fight scene, goes to dinner. He doesn't know where Chen's sister is or he doesn't know where Hemsworth is. And I'm just like, dude, like, is this guy out on vacation? Like, what the fuck is this? They thought he had an ankle bracelet. Like, he should be I checking on him in his hotel that. room. And I don't know. I don't I know. I thought he was supposed just... to be, like, tied to his waist. I mean, I know. that's how and they this, put it off at the beginning. And then just, the other like, thing. a few minutes later, he's just running around, like. I feel like so many other movies, there. they have, like, U.S. Marshals, especially U.S. Marshals with Tommy Lee Jones. Like, they're sleeping in the same hotel room as them. Like, they are yeah. fucking keeping that shit locked down. They're shaking their but, dick after they go to the bathroom i mean yeah. it's, <laughs> it's fucking the ridiculous. whole point of having the marshal there to make sure he doesn't do anything criminal or escape yeah. but yeah, whatever <laughs> or get it's access like, he can't computer. he can't do any problem he can't do anything bad in in a couple hours uh, yeah he needs at least four hours to i mean he is white blonde and blue-eyed i mean he's just a oh, perfect yeah. citizen it's fine yeah i mean if this guy was black you know that's oh, a whole yeah. other thing yeah. so sidebar i made a note about that so earlier in the movie when they're uh, shaking the him down when he's still in his uh prison cell oh. they're being like excessively brutal i made a note here it's like excessive uh, police brutality and he's not even black <laughs> that seems a little unrealistic yeah, for sure <laughs> So Hemsworth knows somehow to use a public phone, right? To call Chen so that they aren't tracked, right? But he calls Chen's cell phone, which is very Sorry. traceable, not just by the <laughs> enemy, but whoever it may be, but also the US government who is using Chen as an asset, thereby putting Hemsworth as a very trackable and easily found super hacker that's using a public phone in order to contact people on their own fucking cell phone. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But Lien, Lien says that they're flying to China in the morning, right? But wouldn't Hemsworth's name be on a flight risk list somehow with every law enforcement agency <laughs> in the fucking country? But even though, even though we do see that Holt, his like U.S. Marshal is going with him, we're just like, dude, I know that this guy is supposed to be helping out and like figure this shit out, but I feel like the government wouldn't be spending all this money to send him all around the world in order to get this shit done when they're like, no, you're a hacker, sit in front of this fucking laptop in this dark room and sit there until you find the motherfucker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let him be doing all this shit. Yeah, I was confused by that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a, but, he needs to be on site. He needs to go on the raids. In fact, he needs, he needs to, to go into the, the nuclear reactor in order to get the fucking hard drive. Yeah. So, but 
but this this leads us to enter Michael Mann's super cool sex scene, right? He always has one of these as of late, and they pissed me off because it's like, how coincidental can it be that somehow there's always some super sexy woman involved to work closely with the main protagonist? It's so fucking dumb, but whatever, you know? And he does like the slow music and like the fucking intense camera angles and intense yeah. lighting and like, okay, it's stylistic <laughs> and it's cool and whatnot, but after like three fucking times of seeing this, I'm like, enough, enough with this yeah. shit, Michael. Like, enough. Yeah, I zoned out. I zoned out <laughs> during that whole thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But somehow, somehow, dude, the DOJ allows both Hemsworth and his babysitter Holt out of the country to go to the scene <laughs> of the plant explosion. And Holt is cool with the fact that they just wandered off without him to the restaurant and hotel for them to bang without him even knowing where they are or why they were there in the first place. But whatever. All these people are allowed to operate as free agents with impunity for their actions. But whatever, I'm going to move on. <laughs> but th th dude, this is an open nuclear reactor, right? But they arrive without any protective gear going on. Like they just land the fucking helicopter next to the reactor with all these people coming in and out with hazmat suits. It's just like, okay, wait a second. Like, okay. All right, so Chernobyl, Chernobyl taught us a lot on how we handle like really massive nuclear meltdowns, right? But they wouldn't just allow them to fly in on a fucking commercial helicopter and land a couple hundred feet from the entrance of the reactor and allow them to just wander in without any sort of protective gear on until they actually get no. in there and they're like, oh, here, now you're going to put the protective gear on. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, I didn't make note of that, but like a helicopter landing or anything that's going to blow dust and debris, yeah, radioactive all that dust, dust and de debris yeah. is infected with Contem radiation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it technically wasn't a meltdown and... It doesn't make much sense that they'd still be going into where there's all this radioactive activity. All right, wait, wait. wait. So let me let me back you up for a second, Paul. How is it not a meltdown? Because it's not melting. No, no, no. <laughs> all like right. A... So l listen to me for a second because I I'm asking a real question here. Like Chernobyl mm -hmm. was almost the same thing. Like overheating of the rods. The rods caused a steam explosion as they were trying to pull the the fucking you know rod out, and the tip of the rod was made out of graphite, which fucking was cheaper, and it fucking exploded. It's not exactly like Chernobyl in that, and that they. They didn't say anything about the well, tips of the rods. Meltdown is when there's a uncontrolled reaction in a. Uh, but if, if the rods aren't being cooled, like they are not being checked in terms of their reactivity and the heat coefficient, you know what I mean? And it's just like it's rising well, like crazy. Yeah, I think what happened was a he dam the hacker damaged the plant, but there was not a meltdown incident because uh, uh, it would have blown up if it was an actual <laughs> meltdown and no one would be going within 20 fucking miles of the thing <laughs> so i think it was uh it's more of damage and maybe some radioactive material got released from the core but uh not not a, an actual meltdown or a chain reaction kind of event all right, the, all right there's like so many safety measures built into nuclear reactors that even if the control system were to fail there would be fail-safe mechanical kind of systems that would trip if things were getting too hot and so yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah so, right, so that, that scene doesn't that take place a few days after the reactor yeah it's, it's fairly shortly after why yeah. do they still have people in triage sitting in tents <laughs> several days later like these poor people, they've been sitting in a tent lying with bandages wrapped around their head for three days. Because yeah. they had to wait for the white guy to show up in order to save yeah, them, to save dude. The day. Oh. You know, yeah. See, okay. see how yeah. this works? 
<laughs> I get it now. All right. So I, I got a, I got a science question for both of you. Like are, are all PLC controllers, do they all have diagnostic file dumps? Cause to say that no, the servers, but to say that I the mean, servers have the dump, but that they can't get to them because of the heat in the server room. I feel like if it's too hot for humans, like those hard drives probably aren't doing too hot on top of the <laughs> fact that like, I don't know if all PLCs do an info dump like that. It seems kind of coincidental. I would assume that uh, really important PLC type things have data dump functionality just for diagnostic purposes and for investigative purpose you know purposes, purposes if something yeah. went wrong um so i mean that kind of makes sense they would dump that kind of thing um but yeah i don't know how hard drives would survive that kind of environment because uh, <laughs> i know oh, so uh, so i had to I, of course i worked on the uh the boeing starliner you know plug for boeing and that's all space stuff so we had to do right. space qual components space qual uh, right. data storage and the whole thing about all that is it's space qual because of radiation okay yeah. so the, yeah there's nothing really else in space that you're concerned about My, micrometeor or something like that well it's going to be destroyed either way so you can right. about radiation. so i ended up learning a lot about rad tolerant devices and what different levels there are and what sort of what there's mil specs there's space specs there's also specs for places like nuclear power plants yeah you know, those wouldn't be able to survive direct exposure uh -huh. but they do have the way that electronics are constructed they're more radiation tolerant than normal things so they even mentioned later on that a lot of the data has been damaged and that right. what would happen is the data would be damaged, but there may be still enough data to get recovered. But given that the reactor and the control rods are right behind a pane of glass that the server yes. sits next to, <laughs> I feel like that's okay. the kicker. <laughs> Your believability starts plummeting yeah. a lot at that point. <laughs> And then, of course, instead of having a trained nuclear technician who actually knows how to go into hot environments like that, they have Chris Hemsworth do it. Right. Because... Reasons. Yeah, because Reasons. He's, he's a hero. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the things he was studying in jail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually nuclear quite... reactor retrieval and disaster scenarios. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a, a process to get certified to do that kind of stuff, actually. Oh, yeah, absolutely. like a year-long kind of thing to get the training to be able to deal with all. nuclear materials and environments. So, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> but, you know... Let, they wouldn't, the fucking Chinese <laughs> would not let Chris Hemsworth walk into a nuclear reactor. I just... What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> there are many, many reasons. It's <laughs> just... Yeah. So I, I want to move past this for a second because finally they meet up with Viola Davis in Hong Kong, right? Not even she has anything to say about his unaccounted time for kicking all that ass. Like she doesn't say shit. She doesn't say <laughs> shit about anything that he's doing or the fact that he went into a nuclear reactor or any of that shit. Hemsworth is told how they've been tracking the guys in question all night. And he shows them three. This is what you were saying, Zeb. He shows them three separate lines on the computer to show that they're not suspicious. And only Hemsworth 
Earth is smart enough to combine all three of these patterns to see that there is an intersection point. Like, Jesus Christ, these fucking people are stupid. But they go to said intersection point and find a surveillance van and bang on the door and question the dude to get more exposition. But if Chinese authorities are on the case of these scumbags and watching them, wouldn't three Americans and three Chinese nationals showing up to the van blow their cover? Like, they just show up and start banging on this random van. It doesn't make any fucking sense why they would do this. Like, even, and especially since the guys in the van have no idea that they're coming until they're there. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, all of a sudden, you're everything. I mean, this, I, okay, so this is kind of realistic in that the only opinion that matters is the American opinion and what they have to do there. <laughs> So they don't give a fuck about everybody else's objective. Yeah, it's absolutely the truth. So that's realistic. Okay, I, I'm going to recant America. on this point because that's, yeah, I, I just answered my own question. <laughs> Hemsworth, Hemsworth uses a Bluetooth sniffer to find out that they hit a Bluetooth repeater in the bushes to transmit texts and such to the three dudes that walk through the park to relay instructions, right? But in the surveillance video we saw before, we never saw the three dudes walk by. Like, Bluetooth has a range of about 30 feet, but well within the surveillance camera's field of view. So how do they not have images of these three dudes like randomly walking by the marked man. Maybe they crouched behind <laughs> shrubs. <laughs> it's like blue. I mean, am I wrong though? Is Bluetooth is only thirty feet? You know, like it's a very, very yeah, close transmission pattern. So. They said they even they even nerfed it a little bit to uh, make it less powerful, so it was only in that small area next to the bench right. that you actually right. be able to pick it up. But I, I mean, they show the dudes sitting on the bench, but they don't really go into what the other dudes were doing, other than they just walk by that area on the map and pick right? up. Yeah, no. So and the surveillance van wasn't looking for the other dude so maybe they don't even have it but registered. in the previous scene we saw pictures of the marked man with the other dudes especially the long-haired other dude that puts the bomb under the car later which i'll get to in a second like how the fuck is a like a little usb tracker <laughs> powerful enough besides the point i'll get to that in a second so <laughs> like, they, they know what these guys look like and like they know they have that picture earlier with all these fucking associates standing around them which side note when they were tracking john Gotti in new york right and all of his associates it took them seven years to get pictures on all these guys in all places in New York City in order to start trying to take down just the soldiers before they got to the underbosses before they even got to the boss but like all of a sudden this one fucking jerk off in a park is going to take down the whole goddamn operation <laughs> It's like, what the fuck, man? Okay, you know, if this is a super sophisticated, like, hacker crime syndicate, which they try to make you believe that it is. It's not just a bunch of, like, incel fanboys in their basement, like, trying to fuck with people. Like, this seems like a lot that they're overlooking, regardless. Uh, it's fine, game. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, I'm going to move past it. <laughs> Chen and Hemsworth are advisors, right? Chen and Hemsworth are advisors, but they are running the shows and making tactical decisions, which is what you brought up earlier, Paul. They're constantly making tactical decisions, especially Hemsworth. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, are these guys advisors or are they he, team leaders? He is, he is tall and blonde. Uh, yeah, and you should trust that guy. He also has blue eyes. That That's yeah. right. That's he right. should okay. actually be the leader. Yeah, My obviously, natural, because he's Aryan, sense. yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't yeah, gathered, we are terrible. being sarcastic, motherfuckers. Yeah, so don't uh, come at me uh, with any uh, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <out there. laughs> 
<laughs> the marked man dude somehow shows the surveillance squad or makes the surveillance squad because he sees a glint in the reflection of his coffee pot how stupid are these surveillance guys man they're looking through a fucking perforated brick wall it is pretty amusing that he sees that in the coffee pot when they're like 100 yards away you know yeah i know can, but somehow he, can... he sees it <laughs> <laughs> he's just that good and that paranoid that obviously he can things like that yeah. high resolution All coffee right. pots so i i want to get to the hack attack paul the hack attack in this movie for me is the shutter angle of michael mann's cameras okay like look Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get to this for a second like when collateral came out i was blown away by the look and i love how dion bb and Mann use the kinetic motion to their advantage combining with the super small cameras to get action sequences not previously achievable but after 11 years since that movie to this movie the style doesn't translate like now it just feels sloppy because of all the handheld yeah. work that has also, like eerie <laughs> images because all the shutter angles are 270 or more degrees and the images just smear because of that it's time to stop with the super shaky camera work michael man this yeah. is what you were talking about earlier what did Seth? he even film this on because it looks like it's like dv cam some all right so quality. it just looks like most shit, of this, a lot of it. most of this movie is shot between ari alexa mini and uh viper film stream cam cameras which he used on uh, collateral but the uh specifically what i was talking about when i wrote this note down is that the chase scene when they're running between the containers before they get into the shootout with the chechnian and all those dudes as they're running between the containers like it is an interesting action set piece in the sense that they're like running between these tight containers and they do this continuous shot as they're making all these zigzag patterns between the containers and that's only possible with small cameras and so that was the silicon images 2k camera which you can like pull the sensor out of the camera with the lens and just hold that and the the rest of the cameras like attached to your back and that's what they did with Slumdog Millionaire in order to get a lot of those shots that they were doing but like the pro it's not the problem I mean the shaky cam is the problem but it's also the shutter angle because like the shutter angle is way open and it's just making these images as they're so fucking shaky like smear all over the place and that shit pisses me off I'm like okay you can pull the camera out and do the shaky cam but drop your shutter angle like 45 degrees so that way it's sharp you know like super sharp images that you're looking at But, you know, that's, I mean, this is my own personal beef. I'm going to move past it. (laughs) Why the fuck is Chris Hemsworth and Chen leading a fucking raid to check on the dumbass surveillance crew with bulletproof vests? Seriously, they're fucking hackers, dude. And they give them bulletproof vests and they take them on this fucking raid. I get Chen because he's a captain in the army. But Hemsworth, like, what the fuck is he doing there with a bulletproof vest? (laughs) Well, but, he is you know, Aryan and attractive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just going to keep bringing that up. But, <laughs> no, what it is makes, the... It's bullshit. Like, why would you bring that guy along? Yeah. It, it doesn't make it, any it, sense. But what, what... And he's, like, running in front, too. I mean... I know. Fuck? I know. But what is, what is the likelihood that this temporary month-to-month lease rental of the house with the marked man in it has an underground fucking escape tunnel? Like... I'm asking this for a friend because if I'm going to find like some super villain like month to month place, like, I mean, that's I want pretty cool. I mean, if I were a landlord and I had an escape tunnel, I would put that, that shit. in in the description. Yeah, and... that'd be like the second line. Yeah. Yeah. Escape tunnel. There's an escape, escape tunnel. tunnel. <laughs> yeah, and you get to. I mean, that's worth an extra five hundred bucks a month oh, at least. Sure, dude. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, that's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but look, man, it, man is really, really good about structuring action, right? Like, I think that we can all agree on that. All of his action scenes are like pretty well and coherently put together. But the two SWAT guys peeling off from the group when they're in the escape tunnel to press ahead in the tunnel and the lead man looking up a small t- staircase rather than the giant exit leading to daylight outside and getting grabbed and knifed is just not believable. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. No, I mean, you can talk shit. If you're a racist motherfucker, you could talk shit about other countries, like, not having as good of, like, training as, like, American police forces or whatever. But I'm like, this is basic, basic room clearing tech. You know what I mean? Like, it's (laughs) bullshit. But SWAT would know enough to have both guys cross over when they come to a pinch point like that. And even if it was too broad of an exit point, they would hold and on the radio, they would back up two other guys in order to cover the pinch point for them to exit. They wouldn't like just rush out like they're trying to chase down a guy with a fucking purse. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, Michael Mann is the fucking king of this shit. And he just like completely disregards it for story reasons in order to get the fucking claymores (laughs) to blow up. But how did the SWAT guys miss the fucking claymores on the wall? Like, seems like it would be the only feature they would see with a red light on it (laughs) on bare fucking brick wall or concrete walls. But, you know, whatever. Man gets it. Well, if you look closely while you're watching the movie, those things are there and then they aren't there. Yeah. So whatever movie magic made them disappear, oh, obviously you made them disappear for the SWAT guys. They got, and they, they couldn't got see predator it. camo. Oh, shit. <laughs> but you know, I, I will say that Michael Mann gets it right on the first Claymore. Like this is one of the only times in Hollywood has ever gotten this correct is that Claymores fire out thousands of ball bearings toward the enemy, effectively shredding everything in their path. It's not the concussion that kills people. It's all the fucking projectiles that are being sprayed out in order to shred people with, right? He gets it right on the first claymore but the second claymore explodes <laughs> into this giant flame, flame ball, ball. Yeah. like boo fuck you dude <laughs> yeah, but the know. dude the gunfight excited between, enough without without the, the, explosion. the explosion i know i know you always have to have a flame ball but <laughs> the gunfight the gunfight between the shipping containers to the guys on the viaduct is cool and all but like hemsworth and everyone else is at least 100 yards away from each other to engage guys with assault rifles from 100 yards with pistols is fucking stupid at the very <laughs> best i didn't understand that but yeah. you know they're they're dude that whole shootout was kind of fucking stupid yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense but trang trang gets hit in the shoulder right very clearly you see him he's like leaning out of the side and he's the only guy that's wearing like a fucking bulletproof vest over his bare chest he's not even wearing a fucking shirt <laughs> so he could have his fucking like muscles out but he gets hit in the shoulder and uh he falls down very clearly hit in the shoulder but when hemsworth attends to him he's like bleeding out from the neck and the shoulder and then dies and it's like what the fuck like i saw him get hit in the shoulder he spins out and then all of a sudden he's putting pressure on his neck and there's like this gaping wound in his neck it's like i didn't see that bullet hit like i just saw that moment but i didn't see a bullet hit well whatever you forgot the whole sequence about them hacking the nsa which i think we have to talk about no no no. that's later dude that's later what? It's is in it? my notes. It is later. No. I know uh, it's later. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Believe me, uh, because I had a lot of fucking problems with that. 
But uh, Hemsworth picks up Trang's gun and returns fire because now hackers are expert marksmen, apparently, (laughs) and he can fucking shoot at these guys from far off distances. But the bad guys, of course, the bad guys get away in a fucking boat because the police couldn't think (laughs) that a house that is against a shipping port might have an aquatic exit. I mean, also boats cannot be tracked because they don't leave tracks think about it they, don't they have they don't lojack leave. systems on them or something they don't, they like, don't, no they don't, don't satellite or gps I mean, or, some <laughs> or helicopters <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's, it's funny there's always all these scenes where there's the miraculous escape by boat somehow because you can't just stand on the shore and watch the boat from right. the shore all right. <laughs> for anybody like monitoring the fucking aqueduct, <laughs> or, yeah. or maybe a helicopter in the air, anything, but, yeah, yeah, anything, yeah. <laughs> it's it's too. It's just it's it seems like it's a trope that once you are on land, but then you get on a boat, you can escape. That's just how right. it works. So, Paul, am, am I to believe that the duffel bags are filled with cash because they just emptied their accounts to a casino in Macau and they never showed this money being converted or how it made it into their hands in less than 10 hours since they saw the funds being transferred? And besides that, if the funds were proven to be illegal gains from insider trading, wouldn't Interpol and the Chinese authorities and everybody else have the ability to just freeze the fucking accounts in order to keep these guys from going to Macau and turning it into fucking cash? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But uh, at the same time, uh, they were trying to figure out who it was. So maybe they didn't want to do that. I I don't know. I I mean, tracking a bag of cash in a boat that you don't have air support for seems (laughs) like you lost the fucking point. I mean, there was a digital fucking like tracking point with their account full of the cash and you let them empty it and then put it in bags in less than 10 hours and put it on boats that were in a fucking aqueduct behind their fucking stash house, (laughs) but you don't have a fucking helicopter. Okay. All right. But also, didn't Viola Davis say Hemsworth digitally stole a bunch of money from banks earlier in the movie? Like when she's talking to Chen in the hotel room? So wouldn't he just have to hack into these dudes' banks and freeze or steal their money to shut down the whole operation? But they wait until much later in order for that to happen. (laughs) I'm like, dude, you know where the money is. You saw it happen before you got to China, yet you're having this guy do a fucking foot chase with a gun in order to, like, catch this shit. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Just but, it's like, okay, it, you know, it doesn't have to make sense. Electronic- they have to have big-ass bags of money because that's just cool. <laughs> Well, let's, let's move on for a second. Electronically and magnetically based data on drives does not, I mean, I, I'm not trying to contra- contradict you here, Zeb, but like it doesn't do well under ra- radiation. Like, okay, so they bring up a thousand milli, how do you say that word? Millisieverts? Millisieverts. So they bring up that a thousand millisieverts per hour is a lot, but it, it wouldn't kill you. Like the way that they put it in this movie is that you would instantaneously die within like eight minutes or some shit if you become like incapacitated. Like it would give you cancer the way i was reading it online is that it would give you cancer within a few years if you didn't get the hell out of there quickly but it the average person is exposed to five millisieverts per year from the sun sieverts sieverts is that what you said sieverts sieverts so five millisieverts per year from the sun 
so it's bad, but not the insta death level as I was reading online. Maybe I'm out of line here on this, but like from what I was reading, it's not insta death like they were trying to portray it. I think they were but, more talking about the heat because didn't they say it was like 138 degrees or something? Yeah, I mean, they said that you could pass too. out. They said that you could pass out from the heat, but like with a thousand millisieverts like per hour, like you're dead within eight minutes, I think is what they said. It was like a I think big they were talking deal. about the heat. I mean, trying to be alive in 138 degree heat, you yeah. would pass in out the suit. And, then, and the suit and then you're you would get heat stroke basically and die. Right. I think that's but... more about what it is. <laughs> but it's it's a good thing that the server room that they need access to is only accessible accessible by walking across the reactor <laughs> vent unit and then up a long fucking staircase like not like <laughs> far away from the reactor and fed by cat five lines that can transmit data over thirty thousand feet without degradation <laughs> of the signal but whatever you know is it still a thing like it shielded cat five cable is still 35 30,000 feet right that you can transmit data without having to have a repeater in order to amplify the signal right i don't know how far it is it can go pretty far it, but, it, uh, well, there's a lot of factors considering you know yeah. your signal your integrity your shielding what kind of environment you're in i think 30,000 feet they advertise that because that's a theoretical it can do that okay but first off no one would yeah. go that far there's always a 50 percent rule when it comes to lengths especially if you're concerned about keeping data integrity you never go past 50 mm percent -hmm. and then you base it on your environment so in a situation like so that you, yeah so you're they, saying 15 15 000 feet then yeah, yeah. they wouldn't they, they would not have a control not room. in the goddamn in room the yeah, yeah. yeah. they could go a couple hundred feet which could be through yeah. several doors and bulkheads yeah. Yeah. where it's not going to heat up right next to the fucking reactor yeah, <laughs> yeah. right so i'm not i'm not unjustified in my bitch there is what you're saying you're not <laughs> so hemsworth decides the best way to pry open the server rack is to hit it with an axe <laughs> And he scans the rack to pull one hard drive out of the many, many, many hard drive bays available. How did he know that that one would have the one with the diagnostic dump file? It's a standardized position in all the server racks for the debug hard drive. Is that what I'm to believe here? Like he looks through, there's like know. eight racks and he looks down and he like looks at the servers. Or I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like the, the routers and every single one of them he looks at, he just, they look exactly the same, but he knows exactly what hard drive to pull out. Uh, I mean, maybe the, there was a conversation the, previously about where the it was, network, but. the, the engineer that actually knew where it would be told him because somehow <laughs> Chris Hensworth is more qualified to pull that well, out. Well, he's big <laughs> dude, and he's white and he's uh. blonde and he has blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but okay so black box oh, alert. big dick american oh. <laughs> yeah. yo penis so big so huge what was that was that was that that was uh south park that was right? south park uh, yeah, south park. yeah. <laughs> your penis gargantuan penis <laughs> it's so good so black black box tech alert here tell me if i'm out of line here but hemsworth puts the drive in a large container that is revealed to have usb ports on the back of it right he plugs in what looks like to be a phone to the usb port and seemingly downloads the data that he needs but 
server drives run at 7200 rpm and are 3.5 inch like hard drives meaning that they need a 12 volt power supply in order to power them like plugging in a phone wouldn't allow you to spin up the hard drives at a 5 volt output even if the device that he was plugging in was feeding the usb port 5 volts right my interpretation of this whole thing is that it's actually a little computer built into this case because the, the hard drive at this point would be contaminated and irradiated and you wouldn't want to handle it after the fact. Right. So they basically plug it into a vaulted computer case thing that allows you <laughs> to access the hard drive without getting... So he's, you know, he's more using the phone or whatever that he plugs in. So he's using the phone or whatever that he's plugging in as like a peripheral in order to access the yeah. OS of yeah. the computer that's in the box. So that it has an internal sense. battery that's allowing it to spin up and run the fucking operating system that's within sure. the box. Okay. Still black box kind of technology. Thing. Sure. It, it, <laughs> sure. I mean, I, it, if that's what you needed to do, then I guess that kind of solution would be a good idea. I don't know if that actually exists. I mean, do you think yeah. that that would be viable? Could you do that? Things like that do exist. So uh, you can buy little right. boxes that you can sit on your computer desk. You plug in a uh, uh, hard drive, like a standard SATA hard drive or whatnot, and it's got its own little power supply. And some of them are fit off the wall. Some of them have batteries. And then you can just plug in a USB. Okay. So maybe mm -hmm. I'm out of line there. But You fucked up, Gabe. You fucked up. All right. All right so <laughs> more. All right. So hang on. So more black box tech, Black Widow by the NSA, super advanced oh, yeah. software that can rebuild <laughs> irretrievable files. Talk to me about this for a second, because hard drives store things like magnetically, right? On ceramic disks, etc. So like if you, I mean, I know that on Mac, for instance, like when you, when you erase a hard drive, you can choose this one option that's called like, I want to say it's actually called NSA, like secure file structure or whatever, where you, it erases the hard drive like 70 times and writes zeros over the entire hard drive. Like, is it possible that the NSA had, I mean, I'm not assuming that you guys work for the NSA, but is it possible that if zeros are written to the hard drive, that there is a way that you could possibly in any way retrieve the data that has been magnet magnetically damaged on the fucking hard drive? Mm -hmm. That's tricky. With specialized hardware, it becomes a yes. Because specialized hardware can actually detect residual magnetics. So when you write a zero or a one, for instance, say you're writing a zero and it used to be a one, it's not quite zero. It's actually 0 0.1. And then if you write another <laughs> zero, it's actually 0 0.08 and so on and so forth. But if yeah. you write it 70 times as a zero on every bit, like yeah, is there any residual? The residual fades to the point where you can't see it. Now that would be for data erasing. Now for actual damage, as in, you know, single radiation upsets from radiation, again, with specialized hardware, possible. <laughs> Maybe. But I don't know. It, <laughs> it seems know. like black box bullshit to me. It, it seems like it. I mean, you could probably have, if you have enough computing power, you can look at a chunk of data and that has missing parts and kind of fill in the blanks with your best guess in order to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what it's about. I, I don't know. I'm not All a right. photographer. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. did, it, did it seem egregious to either one of you that this came up? I, I thought it was a stretch of the imagination, especially for what you said, this was 2005? 2015. 2015, yeah. 2015, oh. Well, what, what amuses me is that the secret 
NSA supercomputing program has a web interface that you can just log <laughs> on and drag and drop your file and it yeah, just magically I wrote that down. decrypts it. Drag and drop functionality, man. That's fucking great. But Hemsworth, Hemsworth is going to hack into the, this is what we were getting to, Paul. I told you it was later. And now Hemsworth is going to hack into the NSA software from China with a laptop that Davis has. So why can't he do all this from a laptop that isn't connected to anyone involved in this fucking operation? Like go and get a Chromebook or whatever the fuck and just buy it with cash and then hack into That's it. But fine. he takes her laptop and hacks <laughs> hacks into it. But, but no, he uses Davis's laptop to hack into the NSA. But somehow Chen and everyone doesn't see one of the henchmen in the surveillance, uh, in their surveillance earlier, the long haired guy right across the goddamn street as they're going to get food because reasons, you know, like nobody's fucking paying attention. <laughs> but this guy walks over and this is what I was saying. He puts this little black box that looks like a USB like GPS tracker underneath the car. But then we're allowed to believe later that it's this giant fucking like C4 <laughs> capable device well, that can blow up a car. As we all know, if you shoot a gas tank, the car explodes. So it could only be a really small, like black cat sized yeah. explosion. Yeah. Exactly. It was just the detonating the cap tank. and he just put it against the gas. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Makes okay, sense. yeah, I'll, I'll recant that point. Okay, sure. <laughs> So the, the NSA dickhead gets an email stating it's from his boss and it contains a PDF file to change his password. Everyone knows better than this. Okay. And of I, course, this is a keylogger uh, in the PDF. Like, I have to interject because, right. no, everyone doesn't know better than this. At my last job, our server had to be reset about three times a year because someone opened a PDF that was from quote-unquote UPS that was malware. So uh, that happens all the... That was one of the most <laughs> realistic things of the entire movie. Clicking <laughs> on the link in his email. <laughs> and he even thinks about it, though. That's the worst thing, is that he thinks about it and he hovers over it before he clicks download. Like, you dumb motherfucker. I don't know. It seems... It seems like a stretch that an NSA person would be so easily manipulated into clicking on a malware PDF. link that somehow got through their all of their, their antivirus and firewalls and everything like that. <laughs> and especially, like, who the fuck sends a changing your password, like, email in the NSA? Like, oh, yeah, here's the guidelines. You have to use, like crypto cards in that kind of secure <laughs> environment it's like a usb drive that you plug in like a dongle yeah a, yeah that has the crypto key on it and then you right. have to remember you're issued your passwords like you don't get to make up your own password right. because you're gonna say dog 75 or something like that <laughs> oh crap they... i need to change my password now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, okay, so this leads me into a whole pile of shit that I need you guys uh, to help me uh, decrypt, okay? Hemsworth says, quote, he pulls up that thing and he says, this is our actor's home IP address, his home server. But the address line in the fucking browser says www.intramural.com. 
intraarmor.com slash error401.html. That is not an IP address. He's on a web page saying that he doesn't have valid credentials to view the web page intraarmor Jakarta. So I'm like, by him saying that this is the IP address in home server, when he's looking at a fucking web page, like I may understand that maybe the server has that information on it, but by him pointing to the fucking web page and saying that this is what all this like NSA black box technology led to was a fucking well-known <laughs> by their fucking own admission hacker website that allows them to spoof their servers. I'm like, he knows that. It's a fucking well-known website. Like, why didn't he just look there in the fucking first place? I don't know. I will say this. Technically, every website is actually an IP address. It's just an I IP get that. address I translated get that. to words. I get that. I don't know why he would launch the attack from a server that he owned physically <laughs> or used. Uh, just like, why not use a, a VPN? And yeah, that was my big, that was There's a big so problem. many other ways to cover your tracks that doesn't make sense that he would go through all this trouble to send a, a worm into this nuclear reactor, but send it from his house. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah <laughs> it doesn't know. make any sense. But yeah. you know, whatever. so it's dude, <laughs> they find it out really, it would be really lame if they went through all this trouble and they're like, oh, he used a VPN. We can't track him after that. <laughs> Damn. But but certain, but certain VPNs aren't immune to like NSA and FBI like prompts and like fucking uh, subpoenas. You know what I mean? Like that's a big deal with the VPNs is that you need to read their EULA agreement in order to see in the event of like an FBI or an NSA like subpoena whether they actually have to comply or not because of the position of their VPN server. This is one thing that that you're very familiar with. What kind of website? Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Zeb. Shut the fuck up, Zeb. <laughs> but okay, so... They find that the hacker has paid over 80 grand for a high-res scan available on SatelliteShot.com, right? So SatelliteShot doesn't exist, number one. And number two, the scan is correct in its Latin longitudinal or latitude and longitudinal coordinates, but there is no reason for you to have to pay for this as you can look at this in for up easily on google maps or usgs or any number of easily accessible websites for free like why is it 80 grand for the cyrez image on top of the fact that the only reason that he was there is when they talk about ore prices later he doesn't need the high-res scan like the fucking yeah. plc that he's going after presumably has some sort of ip address in order for him to fucking get there he doesn't need the fucking gps coordinates and the fucking scan of the fucking area from a fucking satellite <laughs> yeah i don't know why they why you would need to pay for that i mean if you go on google it most of its uh, satellite imagery is lower res uh, at yeah. this point. Like, yeah. try to look at Jerusalem, for example, and that's actually yeah. censored. Um, right, and there's, like, the big black box area around Area 51 and shit where everything's just blacked out to brown. Is it? I don't know. I yeah. looked at that. You can look at the planes on the, the runway at Area 51 on Google Earth. <laughs> not that I remember. Well, no. I remember that there's the blackout areas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, like, painted on the ground or whatever. Well, no, right. there's... <laughs> There's a lake in, uh, if you go to Google Maps, I think it's in Arizona, there's a lake in Google Maps in Arizona that doesn't actually exist. Google Maps <laughs> put it there on purpose. It's a small little lake out in the middle of nowhere. They put it there on purpose to uh, trap people who are using their imagery illegally. But 
they mm. inject things like that all the time and especially secure areas like for instance area 51 it's very likely they inject false images oh, wait wait, wait. Si sidebar for a second why why are they tracking people that are trying to look at the, what what's close to that in arizona that they would be like interested in people looking for shit like that so that wasn't anything at least that i know of that could be something secret out there that's really where the aliens are <laughs> but it was actually um it was google themselves put it there as a trap to catch people who were using their software and using their images without permission okay okay i think i understand i just it seems weird that there was a honey trap in the middle of arizona like that seems like a weird place to put it well they put Maybe it there exactly because it's weird and no one would think to look for it there so that they could catch people <laughs> using their software without permission interesting interesting okay so just now, Holt and Davis realize Hemsworth has changed the settings on his bracelet, right? Finally, <laughs> even though they still haven't dealt with him moving about the other day and beating the shit out of people. Based on the FBI being ordered by the NSA and defense to bring Hemsworth in and Chen's talking to them when they are formulating the plan, Hemsworth effectively committed an act of treason and the NSA is convinced that the Chinese now have Black Widow, right? Great job, dickhead. All you, all <laughs> to be able to find a well-known hacker website. This is one of the things that pisses me off really badly about this movie. I'm like, dude, you committed an act of treason to find a well-known fucking hacker website that you already knew about. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? It seemed like you would have checked proof. his usual back channels at first. I don't know yeah. why he doesn't do the total recall, get a wet towel and wrap it around the bracelet. To <laughs> and that would be enough, but... Yeah. I don't know enough about those bracelets to know if that would truly work. Um, I don't actually know enough about those bracelets. Signal leakage or something like that. Or maybe it can conduct through your body and have your body act as an antenna. I, I don't know. I mean, are those things like nuke, like nuking your testicles, given that they're supposedly <laughs> able to like transmit? It's battery powered, so it's not going to be high powered, I don't think. Okay, know. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's, I mean, it's like maybe it's only maybe it only updates every hour because it has a high powered burst, and that's all it can. Maybe but wouldn't that lead to somebody uh, having to like charge the motherfucker? You know what I mean? At some point, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You, no, the, you or switch. You have to charge those things if you have one. It's part of the agreement uh, of having one. <laughs> How do you know this? <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> It would make okay. sense. So but yeah, now you could block the signal. That's that's all I'm going to say. Or just yeah, take it off yeah. with. I mean, okay. Off. So uh, all right. So may maybe I'm out of line here, but like, even if you did some sort of like rudimentary like Faraday cage around that shit around your ankle, that would be a pretty easy way in order to block the signal too. Like, I don't know how much shit yeah. can actually get through a Faraday cage. I don't think just wrap it in aluminum foil. If it's yeah. the right free, if the Faraday cage has the right spacing in the cage whether it be molecular as in a sheet of metal or the cage then literally zero signal gets through it i mean this isn't like some specialized bracelet that they put on him they didn't make a specialized bracelet that nobody has the specs on in order to put it on him you know what i mean like it's just a bracelet so like presumably that shit he would already know somehow what kind of frequency <laughs> it operates off of and yeah. be able to block that shit short of just changing the fucking app or like spoofing his fucking location or anything else that he could possibly do yeah i mean once once he decides that he doesn't want to be found, then, yeah, it would be really easy for him to <laughs> make it stop transmitting in one way right. or another. Drill a hole through the battery. <laughs> I, it just, I don't know, so many different things he could do right. to stop it. But, but instead, dude, he just keeps running off. around. 
yeah right because yeah. like, um, <laughs> but dude it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good thing that just now hemsworth's ankle bracelet in the car as he's going to meet up with somebody i can't remember at the airport before the car blows up just now hemsworth's ankle bracelet is now beeping and showing that it's still working by having a red blinking light on it I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. why, why now why now <laughs> does it have to beep of all the <laughs> fucking <laughs> times in this movie now it's beeping <laughs> But the marked man and the crew detonate the explosive that the henchman on the street put under his car earlier, right? But they wait just long enough for the sister to get out of the car, Hemsworth to get out of the car, and the sister to say goodbye to her brother. Then they blow that shit up just coincidentally at that point. It's like, okay, so wait a minute. (laughs) So if they're tracking his ass and they know where he is and they know where the car is, presumably they'd have eyes on at some point, right? But to believe that they somehow allowed this, all this fucking like cathartic moment to happen between the sister and the brother before they press the trigger button seems like, I don't know, maybe exposition to make the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, whatever. Maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on this moment, but that's what you have to do, man. sure i mean i like that moment i really do i'm not gonna lie i like that moment i like that shootout but it's stupid as shit because of the (laughs) timing but davis and holt get killed right on the street the bad guys somehow can't hit shit even though they're using iron sights and shooting from less than 100 yards away but somehow Holt takes down four of them despite being in the line (laughs) of fire with automatic weapons from multiple people i had a big problem with that i'm like dude okay I get that Michael Mann. I get that Michael Mann is like a stickler when it comes to weapons and like close quarters combat and like training and shit like that. But this seems like a lot for me to swallow at this exact moment. (laughs) It just fucking like was choking me at this point. But am I to believe that Lien somehow knows people in the underworld that can cut off an ankle bracelet without setting off the alarm? Like, how does she know these people? She's an IT programmer on top of the fact that if she knew these people all along when they were in China and, like, she worked with Hemsworth in order to get off the radar, why the fuck did they wait until now in order to go to these people? (laughs) This seems like the perfect thing that they should have gone to when, I don't know, when it was still on a day refresh rate and they hadn't actually... On top of the fact that Holton Davis would have been looking at the map and been like, wow, it's been... You know, we flew to China and it took 19 hours and somehow he's still back in LA. Like, how the (laughs) fuck did that happen? (laughs) You figured they would have caught on to this by now. Just don't worry about it, Gabe. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... The, this hacker is revealed to be using his money from the soy increase to buy options in tin ore and flood the mining valley in Malaysia while committing an act of terrorism to raise the cost of tin in order to make a ton of money, right? Like, that's the whole premise of this movie when they're standing in the valley and they're wondering, yeah. like, why the fuck does he have a satellite here? So, wait a second. But why the fuck didn't he just manipulate the tin prices like he did with soy? Why does he need this for real? <laughs> Like, it's a commodity, dude. It has to be more urgent. Like, people are going to die and stuff instead of just a bunch of bankers getting ripped off. Otherwise, who gives a fuck, right? Or why didn't he do soy and tin and gold and corn and oil and everything? (laughs) Are Fruit Loops a commodity? They should be. (laughs) 
so real question here how can an over six foot tall white guy that looks like hemsworth travel anonymously in indonesia seems like it would be easy for authorities to pick him out like okay so this is a straight up fact dude i had to look this up average height in indonesia is five foot four chris hemsworth is six foot two okay this is a guy that is 10 inches taller white blonde hair blue eyes and he's walking around with total anonymity in indonesia <laughs> even though they're looking for a motherfucker that looks exactly like that who's also built by the way he's not like some skinny dude that happens to be tall mm. he's built he's fucking good looking and all that <laughs> shit but he's just yeah. supposed to be anonymous i mean i figured he would like wear a fake mustache or dye his hair <laughs> at the very least cut his hair yeah so yeah, yeah. something he, wear a hat i don't know but no it, it would mess up his hairstyle and yeah fake mustache on chris hemsworth <laughs> it yeah we can but this, this leads me to my next point is that Hemsworth knocks off a van off of the roof into the hacker building like website with the server in it in order to distract the authorities in order to, but the damage done by the truck having fallen through the roof would distract the authorities long enough for him to like slip in in order to grab it. But his anonymous look to slip into the fucking building is a baseball cap. Like he's a foot taller and built much larger than anyone around him, but he goes unnoticed. I had a real fucking I mean, problem, Josh. With, with stuff like that, as long as you look like you're supposed to be there and have a task, right? then people tend to look the other way. They're like, right. so... This actually, <laughs> this actually leads me to a real-life story. This happened in Albuquerque, but like these two guys were going around and they were ripping off copy businesses. Two guys drove around Albuquerque in 2010 posing as Xerox employees. And they walked in wearing fucking polo shirts, not even with Xerox on them, and pretended like they were supposed to be there and literally wheeled these fucking giant machines out of the back door of print shops and put them on trucks and drove away and stole these $40,000 and $50,000 printers. <laughs> they stole <laughs> these things, crazy. dude. They're like, they're like a thousand awesome. pounds. And all they did was just they acted like they were supposed to be there and they had polo shirts. And that got them in order to get in and out. But they stole like six or seven of them i mean i don't know i i worked at a business and we had a bunch of laser stuff and outside we had this uh four ton uh laser heat exchanger and mm. basically it's a big thing full of aluminum and like coolant fluid and one night during the night this dude drove up with his truck wrapped a chain around it and dragged <laughs> it the fuck off the property so he could sell it for scrap but i don't know how he managed to do that without attracting any attention but they're like drag marks from him like I, he must have had a flatbed and he just wrapped a chain around it and ripped it off its foundations in the middle of the night and just drove away with this VW bus sized piece of aluminum. So I, I don't know what the fuck. Confident. Do that. Confident. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's, that's a lot, man. The more brazen it is, the, you know, the less imagination you have when you're like, oh, that, that's not cool. Like, why would anyone do that? But he agrees to meet the hacker in person and knows once again how to create close quarters like weapons and protect himself. It's the middle of the summer in Indonesia, but he is wearing a 
thick green coat to cover himself, wouldn't that set off <laughs> alarms with anyone around him on top of the fact that he's taller? Like when they go into that end sequence, that end sequence is really beautiful and everything, but he is way taller than everybody <laughs> else. Good. And way bigger. Yeah, the end sequence when there are people stabbing each other and shooting each other. (laughs) And nobody's The whole crowd of people is just like, oh, you know what? As long as they're not shooting us, it's fine. And we're not going to react to this at all. It's fine. Yeah. No one notices the people with the guns. Right. Standing amongst... The people wearing identical religious garb or whatever it right. is. Right, who are walking past them. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> but, okay, so Hacker brings an entire team of people to the first meeting point, right? But how does this hacker have an entire team of pel- paramilitary mercenaries? Like, I really don't get that, dude. Like, he's not doing this for the lulls, I guess. But, like, at the same time, <laughs> like... How does he afford like mercenaries in order to protect himself on top of that? Like, why did he even go for that? I know that he's like a cyber terrorist or whatever, but are cyber terrorists like arming themselves with like mercenaries now? I think he's they're all part of whatever criminal syndicate that he is at this point in charge of. Okay. So they're the whole like they're the muscle. And I don't know what reason he has to, you know, have them on staff or whatever, but right. uh, I mean it's to be addressed in the sequel. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. So they meet at a super packed event with dancers and ceremonial dress, right? But again, all these white guys are literally walking against the crowd and are way taller than everybody else. And still no one notices these criminals doing criminal shit. Like, okay, so nobody is around from the Indonesian government in order to make sure that things are going well. No private security, like nothing. And if this is supposed to be a ceremonial thing, these people just walk into it to fuck it up. Like even at parades, they have like barricades. Like what the fuck is going on? At the very least, the people in it would be kind of pissed that yeah, these white that people there? are like exactly. getting in their shit. I mean, what the fuck? But Henchman has an Uzi, right? But no one in the crowd reacts to him holding it on Hemsworth, <laughs> Hemsworth as he's walking up behind him. So, but like Hemsworth or Hemsworth stabbing a guy in the head and killing him, like even as he's doing that, it's not until they start shooting that people start reacting. I'm like, dude, this guy literally grabbed another guy and fucking stabbed him a bunch and then stabbed him in the side of the head at eye height for everybody plain, around them. And like, nobody's it. reacting. Like, what the fuck is happening? I was so Maybe confused. they're all in some kind of weird religious trance. And there's, there's actually a thing only the, that I was reading about. Only the sound... About. Of the gunfire actually breaks the trance. I was reading a thing online about what this actual real life event was, and I can't remember what it is, but it's not religious. It is a like cultural event for Indonesian people, but I can't remember what it is. I mean, the equivalent of like dance or uh, what do they call it? Uh, The powwow, right? So, like in New Mexico, if you're at the powwow and you're at the pit, and there's two white guys that are a foot taller than everybody else walking through the ceremony with a gun pointed at each other, I feel like. Somebody would say uh, something. Can't let it distract you. It'll mess up your dance. Yeah. So uh, it takes it's sake it takes firing an automatic weapon for the crowd to start to disperse. But somehow the fat hacker sneaks up on Hemsworth, even though he knows fat hacker walked away from him behind him. Why is Hemsworth looking around in the direction that he knows the hacker didn't go? He knows the hacker went the opposite way, but he's standing there like 
oh, where is he? And it's like, he went that way. You saw him walk that way. <laughs> and you're looking straight in front of you. Also, how does a scarf stop a knife? I'm out. I'm also asking this for a friend. Uh, like, I don't know. When, maybe when maybe that's some that prison shit. shit. I mean, maybe it's a, a silk scarf and uh, or Kevlar it slows scarf. it down yeah. enough yeah. in order to yeah. stop the fucking knife. Maybe yeah. the hacker's yeah. knife is really dull, you know, but I don't know. But the internet, they, tell me. I got to look at <laughs> So they they cut to the car surgery scene, right? And Hemsworth knows how to patch himself with trauma dressings and such. How? He's a hacker. Again, he's a (laughs) hacker. He went to jail, but that's not a good enough reason for me to believe that he knows trauma surgery, that he can patch himself up from being shot, what, three fucking times in the side of the gut? It's those prison courses. I guess, dude. I mean, I know that you can learn a lot in prison, but I don't think trauma surgery and combat medic is one of them. (laughs) So despite him being a wanted man in more than one country, he's able to walk through an airport with no problems. Nobody's looking at him. Nobody's (laughs) saying shit. But classic, classic bad filmmaking bullshit here, Paul. You and I had talked about this previously. But security camera at Hemsworth Height that is just so happens to be the same shot in the film that we cut away from the fucking security camera <laughs> in the goddamn airport to go to the shot in the fucking movie and it's the same as the security camera. And I'm like, what the motherfuck? Like, not only is this like a telephoto <laughs> lens, but it's also got like great depth of field for being a security camera all of a sudden. Yeah, and it just awesome. happens to be at his eye height and it happens to be the next <laughs> shot that we see. But that's like some hacky bullshit, dude. That one really bothered me. But yeah. he, he walks through the airport and out Side to freedom after it's revealed that he has $46 million in his bank account as we roll credits, Paul. That's how this movie ends. Like, he's a wanted man in multiple countries. just killed all these dudes he's got all this money in the bank that he stole that they could probably track i don't know you know i mean there's got to be some other hacker that can figure this out like where the money went but he somehow gets away with all this and just like walks out of the airport on top of the fact why the fuck was he in the airport anyway like he's still in indonesia like why did he have to go to the fucking airport he's got to get out of indonesia at this point fuck man (laughs) this movie tried way too hard to be smart and to be cool man it just fucked up the whole goddamn thing (laughs) I, I like Michael Mann a lot and I like his style, like I said before, but like a lot of this was just really annoying to me because there wasn't like the basic reality that I could hold on to, whether it was Tom Cruise as a hitman in Collateral or Neil McCauley robbing banks in Heat or Daniel Day-Lewis being a fucking like, you know, native dude in uh, in Last of the Mohicans or even anything, anything that Michael yeah. Mann's ever done. I didn't have anything to hold on to with Hemsworth's character and structuring every scene around him. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I just don't give a shit. Like this movie's boring. No, nope, I agree. I agree. It's hard to give a fuck about Chris Hemsworth in this movie and right. anything that happens to any of the characters. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, you know, Zeb, when when Paul and I were talking about doing this movie, our other option to do is we were going to talk about doing Hackers with Angelina Jolie from back in the day. Because <laughs> it's like I wanted to either do this or Hackers, and I thought it would be interesting to do either one of them. But Paul wanted to land on this, and I was kind of glad that he did because I could talk about Michael Mann and how much I love the man, but also how this movie really pissed me off and made me realize that the man is declining as a director like pretty fucking fast. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. But what's his what's his next movie gonna be? Uh he was supposed to do a a movie about uh Enzo Ferrari. I already did that movie though. 
sort they of. did Ford versus Ferrari, and so they yeah. already beat him to the punch. Yeah, yeah. Over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Enzo Ferrari is the name of it, and oh, Hopefully Hugh Jackman Italian. was gonna Hugh what Jackman the? was gonna be Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> but he's also supposed to do a Tony Accarado Sam Giannacani pick about like uh, the forces within the Chicago crime boss families in the forties and the fifties, which I would watch hmm. that obviously because nah, like that's sweet. that's Michael ba- Michael Mann's like forte. But I'm like okay, you know whatever. You know I I hope he comes back from this movie. I really do, dude, because like this this is not what I want to remember Michael Mann like for the last five fucking years since this movie's been out. I have to remember him as this. Yeah, dude. What are you gonna do? Uh, I mean, stop paying to go see Michael Mann movies, oh, okay. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Zeb, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring out about this movie in terms of like the, the CS angle or anything like that? I think we pretty much covered all the things I kind of had notes about and how, like we've already talked about, you know, I thought a lot of the CS stuff, the hacking and the code and all that kind of stuff was pretty darn close to accurate. But yeah. That really does surprise me. I mean, I remember that I read that several hackers advised on this movie as they were filming it, but like it really does surprise me because I mean, again, it's because of my lack of knowledge, but a lot of this seemed like black box bullshit and stupidity that they were just putting up on the screen. I think my biggest problem really was like the hacker server bullshit where he finds it in Jakarta and like talks about the website after using the NSA's like fucking black box technology that was my biggest problem with the hacking yeah most of it is not entirely realistic and a lot of it you can tell it's dramatized and all that but you know it's uh more accurate than any other movie that i think i've seen on hacking related things (laughs) very much so Yeah. All right. So, given given having seen this movie, could he have done all of this from stateside, or did he actually need to globe trot for any of this? I mean, globe trotting is more exciting, and <laughs> it's probably cheaper to film in Hong Kong and or Indonesia than in Los Angeles. So, yeah. why not? Fair enough. <laughs> and you get the spectacle of it all and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a high-tech James Bond type movie. But given given that you've now both seen this movie, would either one of you ever revisit this thing? No. <laughs> so that tells yeah. me everything that I need to know about this movie. Yeah. So, Paul, jumping again into next week, dude, you know, I had texted you earlier and I had said maybe we should look at Gamer, you know, because uh, that movie is fucking atrocious with uh, Gerard <laughs> Butler. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen anything recently or you want to pick something off of the list because like I sort mm. of jumped up Black Hat pretty hard over the past couple of weeks and we yeah. ended up going with this. I don't know. You mentioned like a historical uh, something movie. Right. 10,000 BC would be a good oh. one. I, dude, that movie is so fucking bad. Have you seen uh, that? Yeah, I've seen, I think oh, I've seen dude, enough of it. Oh, my so. fucking God, dude. I, was just, I was blown away and I could, I could rip all day on Roland Emmerich because like I fucking hate that guy dude. Yeah. He, he fucking sucks. Like you and I had talked about 2012 earlier and like I fucking hate that goddamn <laughs> movie but like 
He's done so many bad ones over the years. I, I know that I had mentioned and like I had brought it up earlier, but maybe I need to reiterate it. Is that the air I breathe? Like I own that movie and I like that movie, yeah. but I know it's shit and I know it's way too coincidental. And I don't know. I honestly, I haven't seen it in probably 10 years. So maybe I was just at a different time period in my life that it fucking sucks so bad. And I didn't really acknowledge it when it was happening. But. Yeah. There's a lot of movies like that with me that I was like, oh yeah, it's a great movie when I, saw it the first time and stack on 10 or 20 years and i'm like oh this is a <laughs> shit box unless you want to revisit like 90s uh brendan fraser oh yeah man, dude I mean, that could be and fucking sarah michelle geller's in that movie yeah that might be worth watching <laughs> because that's one of these that's days we're drama. gonna have to one of, yeah one of these days we're gonna have to pick up a uh twilight movie or something like that <laughs> I cannot, I will not <laughs> sit through another Twilight movie in my life. Yeah, I sat through the first Twilight movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, we could do like Fifty Shades of Grey at some point or something uh, like yeah. that. That'd be a, a good choice. <laughs> Have you seen that, Zeb? No. Oh my God, dude. Like on top of the fact that it's a bad movie, it shows like a really, really abusive relationship, like mentally and physically abusive that is not indicative of the S&M community by any fucking stretch of the imagination. And it makes the S&M community look like these mentally abusive, like fucking gaslighting assholes. And it's like <laughs> actually amazing to me that like that flew and made so much money. Like they made almost $2 billion between those three <laughs> movies. On top of the book sales, uh, like how yeah. the fuck did that happen? I mean, it was just a bunch of like horny housewives like buying the book and yeah, saying they're going to go see the movie. It's Pretty exciting, much my yeah. aunt went and saw it. Oh, my great oh. aunt. Or... Ah. <laughs> did, you, did you talk to her about it? No. I, I think it's actually like my mom's cousin's daughter or something like that. But I'm friends with her on Facebook. And after each movie, she was posting about oh, how awesome it was and how much she was. <laughs> uh, yeah. God damn. No, it just it was a, a movie that was laser targeted at a particular audience that worked I mean, out pretty well for them. That's so. an interesting that's an interesting point that we both brought up with Twilight and uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey movies is that maybe we should do an erotic thriller at some point. You know, yeah, whether it's that, uh, uh, whether it's like know. a Michael Douglas type thing, whether it's uh, <laughs> indecent proposal or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is like that's like a whole yeah. subcurrent and subgenre of movies that were terrible <laughs> and they made like yeah. a pretty decent money yeah. for a while. Michael Douglas erotic thrillers. Yeah, he's been yeah. in quite a few of those. Or <laughs> or Unfaithful with Richard Gere. That's a bad one too. Like yeah, with yeah. Diane Lane and Richard Gere. <laughs> Was that yeah. Secretary or Yeah, Secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh and David fucking Spade. Fuck that guy, dude. What? Or no, 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 not David Spader. I'm sorry, James Spader. James Spader, which I also say fuck that guy. Okay, uh, nice. Anyway, thank you guys. Once again, this is the Movie Dicks podcast. That was Black Hat, which again, is not a shitty movie. I won't say that this is a pile of shit, but it's just so goddamn lackluster that I yeah. honestly forgot about this movie until I was like talking to Paul about it. And this is coming from one of my favorite filmmakers in the world. I forgot about this. So like, that's how fucking lackluster this movie is. It's just yeah. another fucking movie i will be forgetting about it soon enough i hope <laughs> but anyway once again guys thanks for joining us i am gabriel chavez this is the movie dicks podcast and i'm paul shendel Woo, spring break uh, you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> fuck you zeb god damn it, Got it in. <laughs>
<laughs> yep, I'm Paul Schindel, and uh, our guest. Here. I'm Deb Westrom. Yeah, there you go. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good night.